connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, my name is Paul Caroli, and I host a podcast called Changing Denver. It's a monthly show about our city's physical spaces, how we make them, and how they make us. But it's so much more than that. It's the conversations, ideas, and stories that define Denver's perpetual state of flux. Find more from our team at changingdenver.com and join the conversation on Twitter, at Changing Denver. Denver's changing. We can help. Hi, I'm Jimmy Palmiotti, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Now pay attention and stop playing with your dick. Welcome to the Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con. I am a host, James. Ryan's not here. What? So the rest of us. Oh, what we, what? that's why that seat's empty. <laughs> what, what are we going to do? Yeah, I literally. I, I, I feel lost and directionless. I literally left the first XLR port on the board just open. That's and like you're kind of massaging it like a nipple. Hey, I, you know, I'm, I miss him. It's, I, I was gone for two weeks and now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'm joined, as sometimes, by Brad. Like th- I thought I said that already. No, I didn't. I said, <laughs> I said my name. And Zach. Yeah, good job, guys. Yeah. Thanks. This is great. This is great. We're doing okay, guys. We're going to be okay. Yep. We're in control now. Yeah. This is our podcast. It's okay. It's Every action. time we do this without him, he says it's the worst show ever. So <laughs> um, now's our chance to prove him wrong yeah, again. We got to pull out all the stops. Just worst or shortest? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah anyway if this is the first time you've ever listened to the real news podcast we every week we go see a movie and we podcast our experience to the world it's what ryan always says i know because i listen and that's actually uh, our tagline yeah we <laughs> we uh this week we went and saw transformers five the last night Ooh, sorry that took well, that i had to really pull that out of my head somewhere yeah mm-hmm. i was uh, delayed for did a we, second did we all actually see transformers i i saw it because i like transformer movies but did you guys actually pay and suffer through this thing i literally just came from it oh my not goodness. only did i see it my dad went to see it and this was the first transformers movie he ever saw <laughs> my dad wants ten dollars back <laughs> Oh no! Oh, your dad's never. I will like tell you what again. my dad thought of it, as well as what Great. I thought of it later I'm on today. I'm so excited mm-hmm. to get to the review, uh, but that's a waste from now. Yeah, because uh, you know, a we, waste from now. It's a waste, <laughs> it's a waste from now. I we're I can see our review on the horizon, but we're not we're not quite there yet. Okay, uh, because we don't just do the reviews. We're also going to talk about movie news and what we've been watching and. Uh, Blu-ray releases. Blu-ray releases. What's going on around town? Yeah. Uh, we have a segment uh, about a guy who watches fancy schmancy movies. But he hasn't sent us anything this week. He That's hasn't true. sent us anything this week? Yeah, sure. He wrote an article, what? though, so someone should probably find that and 
<sighs> we can like do an audiobook version of his of his article. Yeah, we can just, just slide it in. Right here, we just flat out read it. This week on the Real News Podcast, we slowly read like like dyslexic children. No, it could be like an article no, on an, on our own website. It could be like Jim Dale from freaking like the Harry guys does the Harry Potter book audiobooks. We could like do little characters with it. You know, it'd be fun like a radio play. Yeah, yeah I'm not doing have that. Fun with that. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. Fine, fuck you guys. I'm going to keep my good ideas to myself. <laughs> hey, while you're looking that up, why don't we tell people that they should go to uh, our panel on Friday um, at the Denver Comic Con. They were dumb 504. enough to give us a panel. <laughs> yeah. Worst yeah. decision ever. That's the thing we're doing. Yeah. We're going to do our normal podcast for Baby Driver oh. and, but, uh, and try to make it entertaining. But what's the caveat on this? We can't curse. Yeah, that's that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's going to be... Yeah. That was the most awkward silence in the show's history. <laughs> Fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I tried as hard we, as I We just get all, all of our systems today. Fuck. Basically, like, fuck. fuck yeah, fuck, get it all out now, guys. Motherfuck, fuck, fuck, motherfuck, fuck, motherfuck, 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 noich, noich, noich. One, two, one, two, three, four, noich, noich, noich. No, 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 no. It's copyrighted. It's copyrighted. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun. Do we have any idea what we're doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, good. Ryan and I have been jumping back and forth. We have a program pretty much laid out. As far as the swearing goes, um, obviously we're going to try and we're going to do, do our that. Best. Yes, but yeah. I'm thinking that we should have a swear jar, <gasps> and the audience should pay attention and call us out because I'm sure we'll be kind of in our rhythm. Yes, and then if the audience catches us, then you know a hundred bucks. Oh per shit! Bomb. Whoa! Oh shit! You seem to think we're made of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, just, that's just more incentive for you not to do it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it, it goes to the Bradley yeah. Hague unemployment fund. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got that kind of money just laying around. <laughs> no, probably more like maybe five bucks. And then okay, five. Pop, I'd do, pop I'd culture do. Class yeah, five. Five, five bucks fine. would still hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, I've been I've been gone for two weeks, and so <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, crap. I have no idea what we're doing. I hope they have this. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad you do. Yeah, we got yeah. some visual stuff lined up because it's pretty boring just watching us sit here like we do now i'm sure honestly and we're gonna have some video i'm bored right now mm-hmm. <laughs> has some visuals for the screen i have to talk to the programmer and see if it's actually going to happen but well they rejected our oh. first idea where we were going to do our normal show but also make it a circle jerk at the same time so. <laughs> yeah. and there'll be prizes we got some prizes to we have a little quiz thing set up for half the game so cool if you like stuff i like stuff <laughs> at least come and swag sit and, <laughs> sit and fill a seat for an hour and you might get something at the end can i win You've already won. You're part of the Runners Podcast. Do I have to go then? <laughs> That's a stupid prize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get a shirt, but I have to pay for it. <laughs> it's a consolation prize. Yeah. Really. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Cool. So yeah. 4.30. Uh, do we know what room we're in? Or 5.04. 504. 5.04. Yeah. Okay, cool. I haven't Very checked cool. what we're... I'm sure we're, we're counter-programmed against something really amazing yeah john special, C- so. john cusack's panel will be at that time <laughs> exactly yeah um, so, so guys and bruce campbell surprisingly show up and then oh yeah he's gonna he's actually hosting the the john cusack panel yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna be dope yeah john cusack's gonna be there yeah they just announced this is the last the last major announcement what nerd thing is he doing i don't know or is he just he's like i hey, think he's he's here for people. the edgar Allan poe movie yeah the raven <laughs> yeah. is there a like special edition blu-ray coming out i didn't even remember the name of it that's terrible from the director of v for vendetta and ninja assassin comes oh. the raven <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know those are facts, i don't know guys. i like john cusack yeah it's just I, it's oh. high fidelity is really good he's here to announce say anything too dude he should make another fidelity. they've been talking about it for years 
Maybe that's easier to announce. That'd be great. People don't really announce things at Denver Comic Con. They should. Yeah. If you're you be, if you're the first, then yeah. you're breaking new ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything that everything that I ever hear like as like real you know cool announcement news is all shit that like right before that the person says we can't talk about it yet. Um, <laughs> We're saving it for SDCC. I know. Or or it's just like this is super under the wraps and I have no idea when this is gonna happen. But some but Sony gave me a lot of money. And I'm like, you suck. Like, why can't I tell everybody? You know, anyway. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun. This year, we, we don't have a booth this year, um, but we're going to be there just sort of walking around. I'm actually really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Saturday, I'm going to wake up and go down there and, like, just bomb around at the con and, like, probably buy a T-shirt I don't need. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll be free to, like, stand in a line and maybe meet John Cusack and be like, hey, when are we getting the Raven 2? Uh, and I, like, I would like if right like after that. you said no, that yeah. he just punched you. <laughs> I was going to say I've always wanted to get hit by John Cusack. So <laughs> I read on Instagram. I thought your daughter. Your, I thought your sister was cute. <laughs> What's she doing? <laughs> I read a post on Instagram uh, for Baby Driver. Someone like met Edgar Wright for the Baby Driver Q and A or whatever, mm-hmm. and he was signing things. And someone handed him an Ant Man Blu Ray. Oh, <laughs> and Edgar Wright just said like bad move. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and didn't get it signed. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. I, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably a better one. Yeah. Anyway, that's not cool, cool at all. Not cool. Edgar's, kind of funny, Edgar's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah. How you guys been? I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Um. Yeah, it's busy getting you know all the stuff that we normally have to do done without you here. Yeah. I was off fighting ISIS. Oh. And, um, oh. Yeah. Thank you for your service. You haven't done yeah. a good enough job. Go I back. Know. <laughs> I'm I'm aware. Try harder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where'd you Where'd cool. you go? What have you been up to? I went to Disneyland, and it was dope as hell. Yeah. But you didn't uh, win the Super Bowl. I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. What, um, what Marvel things did you do? Uh, dude, I did the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah. 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 They just opened up the. So they they took the Tower of Terror, uh, the Tower of Terror thing, and they turned it into the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, uh, Mission Breakout, and it's awesome. So so you, uh, a I don't like roller coasters. And I've never been on a uh, elevator ride thingy because it scared me. Uh, but we we got there and it was the brand new thing, and I was like, okay, well we have to do this. So first thing in the morning, went and got fast passes for this thing. So like at eight thirty, we got a fast pass, and it was for three thirty in the afternoon. Um, so that's how bad the line was. I mean, they were like the line was going so far that they were <coughs> like the main path that walked in front of the, the the place like they would break the line so the path was clear and then every now and then they would just let like 60 people cross the path like it was crazy so um, it's like Moses parting the red sea yeah th- yes so there was this, this there was this asshole in a purple hat that was like <laughs> he was he was our moses um, so at this point even the fast pass isn't that fast oh no no that was for the regular line people were people who were standing in line so the fast pass we got it but the they, the fast pass tickets just basically they they a lot I don't know how many let's say it's uh, it's two, lim- it's a limited let's, yeah thing. let's say it's like two hundred fast passes an hour so as they get taken your your time period gets pushed further and further back in the day so the fast passes I bet by nine thirty the whole day's worth of fast passes were taken mm-hmm. so if you didn't get a pair of those you were standing in line for like a hundred minutes um, to ride that ride and it's like a it's pretty short it's actually only like six minutes um, <laughs> yeah. So, but it's awesome. So they, they lead you inside in the stories that the collector has captured the Guardians of the Galaxy and they've got them in pods and you're basically there like a zoo 
person, like you're attending like a zoo to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's talking about them or whatever, and kind of like uh, Haunted Mansion where they like lead you into a room and they close the door and so you're all just standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, they lead you into a room with everybody else you'll be on the ride with, and a TV comes on and the collector's talking, and you see like this vent pop open above you and a thing drops out of it and you're like what was that and then the t oh and then like a a raccoon tail pops up and like goes around the room in this you know uh, above like below this vent and then the tv flickers off and an animatronic rocket raccoon stands up and like starts talking to you and he's like making jokes and hitting his head on pipes and like being funny and cool and i'm like holy shit like that's fucking rocket and (laughs) So by this it's animatronic. Time, it's not a video, right? No, yeah, it's animatronic. No, okay, cool. you're you're. There's a robot raccoon right there, and he's talking at you. Nice. And he like steals shit, and then he leave, and he tells you what's going on, and he's like, okay, you're gonna get in this thing, and then while you're there, you know, I I basically need you, I like, I need your approval to open this door so that I can get the other guardians out. So, uh, you leave that room and you go stand in line a little bit again, and then they like they get you to the front door. And there's this big thing that you you hold your hands up and they scan your hands and then they will lead you into the like room full of chairs where you ride a Disney ride uh, and they strap you in and a man in a purple hat says like, okay, everybody make sure your seatbelts are on, but you know, this is the part where it doesn't feel like you're in the Guardians of the Galaxy and you're like, okay. Um, and then it just like, it's not just a like take you up and drop you ride, like... They take they they take you up and down like six or eight times and sort of and like in different intervals, um, and it's uh and like that part is pretty fun and every time they stop you like the doors in front of you open up and there's a screen where it uh, the it looks like you were looking at the Guardians of the Galaxy like fighting monsters and stuff and there's a song and and there's like jokes happening and and there's like six different stories as well so each time you write it it feels different mm-hmm. um so yeah it was really cool i mean it was yeah it was uh well worth the 15 minutes i waited with my <laughs> fast pass um but yeah no it was really cool um did yeah. you go on mr toad's wild ride no i did uh, go i uh, did go on uh winnie the pooh's like psychedelic dreamscape land. That's an adorable ride. Don't don't make fun of it. No, it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, and my now fiance. Ah! Uh, oh, how'd um, that happen? <laughs> uh, yeah. Her, her, what were you thinking? <laughs> her nickname is Winnie the Pooh. So when we got engaged on the trip, uh, one one of the thing like when she was a kid, she was she was Pooh Bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, uh, when we got she engaged on the trip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's a, she's diabetic, but she really loves honey. Ah. Um. So uh, we had to get like a picture with Winnie the Pooh and the ring, and it was funny, mm-hmm. but only for us because we're a disgusting couple now. That's what I've realized. Mm-hmm. Like, I we're a, those fucking people that everyone hates. I thought of a a, a bad joke about her name that I'll tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thanks. Yep. Uh, I can't wait for my mom to call me next week and be, <laughs> I want to know what Brad's bad joke about Brooks was. <laughs> I uh, I got the news did, before you announced it on Facebook. Yeah. Basically, Keep you're, bragging, texting, buddy. You're, te- you're texting me. No, no, it's just, <laughs> I just, I just thought it was funny because I was just like, I had to decipher it over the course of 10 minutes going like, yeah. huh? Because he basically, he texts me because my mom does floral work. And he's just like, so your mom does flowers for weddings, right? And I... Looked at it, I'm like, well, it looks, it must be a job. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> it was all fun and games until I realized, like, oh, shit, I got to pay for a wedding? What the <laughs> shit is this? What have I done? 
Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the podcast primary financier is now paying for a wedding, so <laughs> there will be no T-shirts yeah. next year, guys. There will be no new boards and no new mics, and I hope it sounds good now because it's only going to go worse. Yep. And Brad, um, uh, you, me, and Henry, <laughs> we're dying breed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. We'll, well be extinct. It's not a shotgun wedding, so you've got a little bit of time. Oh, that would have been so much funnier. What was that? Talking about people, it was like a, it was a funny sound. Anyway, um, yeah, but uh, Disneyland is dope. I also went on like a real roller coaster, and I don't like those, and I liked it. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, got to see Captain America. He looked like a guy in a Captain America costume. That's pretty much what Captain America is—is is a guy in a Captain America costume. <sighs> yeah, I'm just saying. The the interesting thing, like the 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 you you get. That whole thing spoiled for you when you go to Denver Comic Con or a, a big convention and every you see year. Better cosplay, and you see really great cosplay every year. And so then you go to these things where like people are standing in line for twenty five minutes to, to meet quote unquote quote unquote meet Captain America, and you're mm-hmm. like, "That's a guy named Jeff." <laughs> like I don't. He, you're not pulling one over Jeff on me, America. man. <laughs> and he probably does very un Captain America type things when he gets off his shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He takes off his wig. Takes off his wig, yeah. Swigs a bottle of Jack and goes, "I'm fucking Captain America." Yeah, <laughs> underneath, underneath that uh, that blue suit is an SS set tattoo on one shoulder. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. that's his clever disguise in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Next time you go, fun. go to the Mr. Cool. Toad's Wild Ride and tell me it doesn't look like um, a descent into hell. I don't want it. That sounds terrible. It's oh no. Is it's, it at Disneyland? It's at Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, is it up in the like the fairy land or whatever? It's in the fairy tale land. But when yeah, you, we straight we straight didn't go there. But no, here's <laughs> the thing though. If you if you remember Mr. Toad, the cartoon. Yeah. It doesn't really lend itself to some to what happens on that ride, which is like for the for, for the big chunk of it, it's the story of Mr. Toad, but it doesn't get resolved because at the end you basically are led into a fiery pit. Oh. And that makes no sense. I yeah. don't get it to this day. We we ended up spending like the majority of our time in Adventureland and New Orleans Square because I'm pretty sure that's the best part of the park. You didn't um, go to Roger Rabbit Land. Nope, didn't do Roger Rabbit. That's didn't do terrible. No, Where's your sense? It was, it was Did fine. you go on Small World? Hell no. These parks are big. There's a lot of area to cover. Yeah, know. there is. But New Orleans Square and Adventureland and some Frontierland. And some critter country, like that part's just. Oh, so awesome. you saw the fucking bear jamboree, though, didn't you? Nope, didn't do the bear okay, jamboree. Good, good. Yeah, all of uh, all of the rivers of America and uh, Tom Sawyer Island are closed right now. Mm. Um, so, so like, you doing some renovations on there or something? Star Wars Land. Oh, so right. the train is closed too. Um, so anyway, um, but it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, good fucking ride. Cool. Jungle Cruise, still fucking funny. Mm-hmm. You guys are gonna make it through Friday at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> Nope, three F bombs right now. <laughs> I know. Anyway, anyway um, but yeah, so that was really cool. This is not uh, the uh, uh, this is not the backside of water podcast. Yeah, backside of water. I was just trying to figure out the name of it, which you should you should listen to. Really yeah, good. you should. It's part of why I went to Disneyland. I keep meaning to like send them a message and be like, yeah, I started listening to your show um, after after we met Alex at, at last year's Denver Comic Con, and then it made me so want to go see Disneyland again that I literally went. To Disneyland, like, <laughs> planned a whole trip uh, around that. So, 
Um, it was cool. Went to the tiki room, which I've never. I didn't. Mo- I don't even know it's. I didn't know it was there, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's near. Adven- I, gotta, I think it's near Adventureland. Yeah, it like is. It's, it's like it's next right to the, the Indiana front- Jones ride. It's right next to the sign, so most people miss the tiki room. Mm-hmm. Um, they just see the the Dole Whip floats, and the Dole Whip float is amazing. Right. It's so but you good. go in there, like if you go in there, like it's it's a fun little robot room. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. So anyway. Um, hey, uh, so missed opportunity. Yeah. You didn't pop the question on the Jaws ride. So well, we didn't go to Universal. <laughs> I know you uh, could have. Is the Jaws ride still in? <laughs> no, Hollywood? it's not. What? I don't think yeah. so anymore. Because I, I thought think Harry closed... Potter's there. Yeah, I thought they closed that one. Yeah. Oh no, 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 that's in Orlando. Oh, okay, then never mind. Yeah. Jaws yeah, is still that's right. The Jaws, Jaws is yeah, still in Hollywood. Still there. There. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, didn't go to Universal. Also, pretty sure she would have killed me if I had proposed to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Um, but because when I first like threw it out there, she was like you want to go to Disneyland? And then after like four months of us planning it, she was like, oh man, we're going to go to Disneyland. And then after the whole trip was over, she was like, I want to go back to Disneyland. Yeah, that's Because I think most people who haven't, it, she had never been before, so you think of it like a kid's thing, and then you go and you're like, no, nah, man, like, ain't no kid paying to have dinner at the Blue Bayou. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Shit is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that was. <laughs> that was Dan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. Uh, but anyway, um, that's enough of what's going on in James's life. So, yeah. What do you want to start with? What's going on around town? Sure. Cool. Brad? Brady's going round town. Oh, Ryan's here. Hey, Brady's Ryan. Yes, I'm by. Wow, all right. Round what would we do if Ryan town. wasn't here to sing a song? Oh. You have to do that voice the rest of the show now. I know I do today. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Don't so, expect it to come, come. Okay, stop. So speaking of parks, <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park is the midnight at the Esquire this week. Jurassic Park uh, one. one. The original. T- Terror Island? What is what is it? <laughs> there, there's no subtitle. It's just Jurassic Park. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Cool. The original. The oh, good Michael one. Crichton's yeah, right. Jurassic Park. Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. Mm, nope. Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Alrighty. Okay. He altered that book. <laughs> um, cool. And then uh, the drive-in, 88 drive-in, is uh, holding over the same, li- same lineup of... Um, oh, my God. Well, Captain Under- Underpants. Captain Underpants, Wonder Woman, and Alien Covenant. So, oh. mm-hmm. yeah, they had a big uh, snafu that first week. They got Wonder Woman, and uh, so like for the whole week, they didn't play much of anything. And then, like well, the 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 machine that collects the digital files to per- do the movies, uh, they got Wonder Woman like on Friday after announcing it. Yeah, you know, seven days prior to that, um, so they were a little behind. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shoot those those DCP files take a long time to download, and uh-huh. yeah. Cool. So yeah, and uh, what's else going on around town? Um, obviously, Denver Comic Cons this weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, oh, there's some Red Rock stuff. Oh, uh, at the so the in Denver, um, Elitch's the the amusement park. Speaking of more parks, yep. Um, used to be uh, over in the Highlands, the original version, and uh, it has since moved downtown. But the old historic theater that used to house all the traveling shows the vaudeville act the vaudeville acts yes. um has been abandoned for quite some time mm-hmm. and uh a group of people have taken upon themselves to reopen it cool and part of that um so there's different stages of renovations and they've done enough to show s- stuff on a screen there 
um, but they need f uh, fundraising to finish the other two phases. And part of their fundraising is they're doing uh, like on the green screenings. So outside on the on the on the grass, they're uh, oh they're doing screenings. This week is La La Land. Oh, cool. Yeah. So if you want to watch watch La La Land under the stars um, at the historic Elish Theater, under the, the stars. Weed. Yep. Five Wait, bucks. What? You and I both took those jokes different ways. <laughs> City of weed. Yeah, I forgot to say last week I went to, they had Star Wars The Force Awakens inside the theater. Ooh. So, that would have been cool. Yeah. 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 It was cool. Um, yeah. how's, how's the theater look on the inside? Is it pretty? It's still under construction. Uh, okay, sure. So they've, uh, but it pretty much it doesn't like smell old... like, yeah, it doesn't smell like meth anymore, but the <laughs> the construction is still like, you know, yeah, it's, they've it's, got a lot less. There's a lot of plywood and unfinished carpet, but there's cool. like the bottom level, with the, there's two levels. There's the mezzanine and the bottom level, like the Paramount. Um, yeah. And the bottom level is pretty much like it's habitable. Cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> the coolest Good. part is um, left over. Surprisingly, no one just stole them. Uh, broken and sold them, but they have these old photographs and paintings of the vaudeville stars. Mm -hmm. Wow! Uh, like there's an, a young Vincent Price, like wow. gigantic, six five foot six foot, either painting or or photograph, um, and yeah. they're all framed. And there's just like I didn't recognize most of them because there were a lot of really old people, sure, in black and white. <laughs> uh, but one of them, you were pretty would, much like, oh god, it's all the people Zach jerks off yeah. to. <laughs> I bet I would. I would. Yeah. I bet Actually, I would there's recognize. There's Jack there somewhere. I bet I would recognize that person if they were 80. Yeah. But when they're young, I have no idea who it is. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm pretty. I mean, I. I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if some of the uh, some of the people I'm aware of ever went through the Eliches, because I'm assuming they found it on the Elich property. Yeah, it's, is it my was, guess. Um, it was just sitting there. Yeah, like just at the base of the wall held up against the side. Yeah, that's, that's cool. pretty cool, man. Um, and they took some of the more notable ones in like the balcony seats that you know, like. Mm -hmm. you know abraham lincoln would sit in yeah uh they filled those one was uh for mary elich i think she was like the wife of you know the founder steve of elich yeah <laughs> so there's like one savage elich. Seat that's a shrine to her um cool. and will always be that and then the other balconies they just put the more notable like vincent price and stuff cool. and then if you look be look behind the screen to the stage like in the back you know backstage yeah there's just like a long wall of just these Hmm. photographs and paintings like pressed up against the wall cool cinder blocks and stuff and, and in neat. the bathroom in the men's stall is a picture of Bradley Hague <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> cool awesome. a crudely sketched like, <laughs> me with my dong hanging out with a sharpie and it's signed by Bradley Hague yeah. um, it's like paint over this fuckers <laughs> what night is uh, Lawland? this Friday so okay, cool. well, we'll we'll be at um well I I mean, who, yeah. It's I think it's like 7 p.m., so we'll be done with our show, so you yeah. could go to it. Yeah. It's not that far away, um, but yeah. um, I'll be at the... The other thing is the Zelda Symphony is that night. Oh, cool. Seven, so if you want to hear the Symphony of the Goddesses again, um, I think they're going to... Is that a Zelda thing? That's what they named the whole like traveling show, Symphony of the Goddesses. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It's like the subtitle, like yeah. Breath of the Wild. This one's Symphony of the Goddesses. And I think they're going to incorporate... They said they're going to incorporate like, a new song. Oh, okay, cool. So it'll be a little different from what I did last year. Neat. Cool. Very cool. That's what's going on, going on around town. Sweet. Um, at the Alamo this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Gloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft Night. The, uh, the kids' camp is Zathura, which I've never seen. It's but like I hear it's, it's, it's Space yeah. Jumanji. 
Yeah, I, I, I saw that it was Space Jumanji back when it came out, and I was like, yeah, that's silly. Y'all are crazy. But then, then Iron I've Man heard that came people out. really like it, yeah. <laughs> um, they also have, uh, so yeah, Baby Driver starts this week. Uh, the Graveyard Shift is Burnt Offerings, uh, which is on Wednesday the 28th. Cute. Uh, on Thursday the 29th is HBO Presents The Defiant Ones. Oh, cool. Um, I think that's everything. And that's all at uh, the Littleton Theater and then at Sloan's Lake. Um, they've got all eyes on me up at Sloan's Lake. So if you wanted to check that out, uh, you can drive up there and see it. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, also, Bad Batch is up there as well. Um, I don't know if you should week. do that. Did you see? Oh, well, I haven't we'll seen get it. To it. Okay. No. All right. All right. No, um, some people have seen it. <laughs> and then, shoot, there was something else. Um Nope. Uh, don't know what it was. But uh, anyway, so yeah, go go check out some stuff at the Alamo because there is nowhere better to see some movies. I I missed it while I was out of town. To be completely honest, I was excited to get back there and see a movie again. So cool. Speaking of movies, what's coming out on Blu-ray? DVD releases and Blu-rays. Wow, that fucking high five. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's a really generic segue, though. You can use this that for anything. Is, I know. Speaking of movies, Speaking of the only <laughs> thing we talk about. Speak- <laughs> oh, it was great. Uh, Speaking of movies, we should make one together in my bed. <laughs> Gross. Uh, this this week uh, on 4K is uh, Disney's Marvel's Saban's Power Rangers is on uh, 4K <laughs> release this week. Um, why does it say O Ring? Underneath the name on Amazon, I don't well, want to know. No, I don't know. It says it says right underneath in in gray out text O ring and then Blu ray and 4K and di- I don't know what that means. Maybe that's a type of packaging for 4K. It like, might be, yeah, because there's Digipack for like yeah. DVDs and stuff. Yeah, maybe it's an O O ring. That's kind. Sounds weird. It does. I'm I'm not in love. Sounds like a cult thing. What it won't show you is that uh, Best Buy has a steel book. Oh for shit! That, so I said that as if I. Oh, am I gonna own Power Rangers? Yes. Yeah, I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it enough to have a steel book. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if I liked it enough to wanna ever watch it again. <laughs> but I liked it enough to wanna see another one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. How did how did you make me be okay with this? Um so anyway. Uh speaking of sequels to things, uh see that's also a great segue. T two, uh Terminator the drug movie, tra- train spotting. Uh, is out this week on Blu-ray, uh, so you can see that. Did anybody see that? No. Okay. Henry did. Great chips. Chips is out this week with Dak Shepard for all the Dak Shepard fans out there. Is salsa out as well? Uh, what? Is oh, salsa out as no, well? No, no, no. Put I it, went there. Put, Zach, put it away. Came back with a T-shirt uh, and, and the completion <laughs> of the trilogy. Queso. <laughs> Uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe is out this week, which I think Ryan saw and said was good. Or is it getting yeah. its release finally? Because I thought it came out a while ago. Yeah. Uh, I thought so too. Maybe um, it was digital I, before, and this maybe. is the DVD. Yeah, mm. it's an IFC release. Um, no, because we talked about it in releases before. It was, yeah. it was pretty high up on the on the digital bits list, which m- makes me think that this is. I mean, that means people are buying it. So, uh, it was just a repackage. It could be. It could be. Uh, the Belco Experience. Experiment, sorry. <laughs> the Belco experiment is uh, out on Blu-ray this week. If you watch week. it, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, Technically. 
From Shout Select this week, uh, they have a full collection of the Peter Sellers, the Pink Panther movies. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, let me scroll down. Does your dog bite? No. I thought you said your dog does not bite. He's not my dog. (laughs) So it's it's all six of the of the main films, including A Shot in the Dark, and then the whole yeah, and then the others. (laughs) Yeah, and then separate releases, which I can't confirm here from Amazon. If they're shout select or not, I think they're probably just releasing them. They probably for the convenience are of it. Um, shout um, select because it's be. all MGM related. Yeah. So. Um, so, Son of the Pink Panther, Curse of the Pink Panther, and then the Alan Arkin um, Inspector, Clouseau. Inspector Clouseau movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are all getting individual releases this week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a fan of the Pink Panther, like I was as a kid, um, you can pick up the the box set on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan Arkin which was for, Clouseau for one of the movies. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not like we don't. Yeah, we don't talk about it. So it's more like the Stink it's, Panther, right? Yeah, it's kind of like Son of the Pink Panther, where you're like, uh, yeah, something should die. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, for it's like sixty one dollars on Amazon. So for six films, that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Pink Panther, which was always awesome. There was like a period, like a year and a half of my life, where I I probably rented all those movies six times. Uh, over, over the you know over that year yep because um, they were great so um, also this week is uh, the complete series of the Rockford Files is coming to Blu-ray <laughs> um, remember when Vince Vaughn was trying to make that a reboot thing oh man yeah um, yeah uh, actually now that I think about it I need to go check the mail in case it showed up early because I have one on the way mm-hmm. um, I re-listened to that rant from you what when that news came out when I was doing my cataloging, you talked oh. about it with great intensity. I did? Of uh, railing against Vince Vaughn playing Mr. Rockford. Yeah, it's a fucking terrible... It's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, I mean, that would be it didn't on happen, par it with like Vince Vaughn playing Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Like, just sort of silly and, and poorly cast. Oh, uh, it's not really a news item, but I read a really good Slash Film article <laughs> that. On was that. really good, yeah. And I was like, I don't agree with him, but yes. I like his ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, from uh, Vestron this week is The Unholy, uh, which might be my favorite cover this week because it kind of looks like a, like a Sega Genesis game or something. Um, <laughs> nice. Because there's like a priest, and he's like got he. It's just the priest's head and hands, and then there's a lady in the background with some crazy '80s hair, and her eyes got one of those like star like 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 her eye is gleaming mm-hmm. like some kind of '80s rock band cover, like an eye light. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Is that what that's called? That's what's called. <laughs> okay, well, it's a hardcore eye light. Okay, um, it's pretty great. Seduction, submission, murder. <laughs> wait, hey, wait, murder. <laughs> Tonight, evil goes over the edge. It builds so well, and then it just falls apart. I don't like the word submission and a picture of a priest it, yeah. within the same vicinity of anywhere. The other, it's got two taglines. The other one is, you haven't got a prayer. The unholy. <laughs> uh, <Nice>. Yep. <laughs> so pick up your copy of The Unholy from Restaurant this week. Uh, Prison Break, the series event, um, is out this week. So cool. all the Prison Break fans can get their 24... Movie, TV movie treatment thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Criterion is putting out Straw Dogs, the Hoffman version, not the one with what's-his-face from X-Men in it. Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. Not the Cyclops Cy- version. Cyclops and, I believe, Lois Lane from Superman yes. Returns. Yep. Yeah, Kate Bosworth <laughs> is in that one. 
Um, oh, there's the Curse of the Pink Panther again. And then very, uh, very last is uh, this week you can pick up uh, Eurovision 2017, the song contest. Uh, celebrate diversity, man. Okay. For all you Eurovision fans out there. Damn right. <laughs> I didn't know you didn't know what Euro- I was surprised you didn't know what Eurovision I don't, was. I don't. I have no fucking yeah. clue. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a crazy thing that, like, it's like, in the same way that, like, outside of the U.S. people give a shit about FIFA, mm-hmm. outside of the U.S. people give a shit about Eurovision. Okay. You know? That's like, it's cool. just, it's their version of American Idol, but, like, trans country. So. Okay. Anyway, uh, that is everything this week. No, nope, there's one more. Oh, is there? Invasion of the Twilights is oh, now on yeah! Blu-ray. Yeah, the most important yeah. release. And there's Where? only ten copies, so good luck getting one. Where can we get them? Nowhere. Just at your house? Yeah, Just you have to be in? my friend. So what's your address? Uh, it's, <laughs> I have a P.O. box. I almost <laughs> got you. I almost got you. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's like a thing I've it looks been cool. on me for like 13 years. So Really? Yeah. Like oh man, I really, I really need a sexy Blu-ray of this thing. I need a sexy Blu-ray of all my movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great, Fair. but it's like I need to see it sitting on my shelf, and that's yeah. why I did it. And it's like nothing I have to worry about anymore. Yeah. How do you alphabetize your your Blu-rays of movies you've made? Do you do them in chronological order, or yeah. or okay? Probably. Yeah. Okay. I don't cool. have I don't have all of them done yet. So there's only like Real Nerds Pod Show, Catastrophe. Um, Diary of Anya Frank and uh, this one now. So I'll so just, I, I'll just so, put them on the shelf. In so I own, any order. So I own two of the two or two of the four. I have half the Brad Head collection. <laughs> um, that needs yeah. to be rectified by me having all of it. <laughs> I have like six or seven more to do, and then we're making a new one this year. So I realized that um, Logan. I didn't even think about where to put Logan, but it was that that would have been a weird one. I mean, I put it in the L's, but mm. you know it's. It belongs. What with. is it? because the 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 Wolverine is in the W's, and then I've got X Men movies in the X's, but it's still not as fucked up as what I'm gonna do when I get my copy of Alien Covenant. Because where the hell does that go? What have I done? In the garbage. Fuck off. Okay, <laughs> I guess next to Alien. I, I guess, but it's alien also so much of a sequel to Prometheus, and Prometheus is in the P's because it's not an Alien movie. Well, you should write Ridley Scott and. <laughs> I should write, hey, asshole. I sh- I would like can to you, complain. Can you pre-title? Prometheus with alien colon so I can my shelf can look good please and he's gonna be like fuck <laughs> who <you."> cares <laughs> only me when I do if I do put it in the A's does it go before alien or after because I have the I have the anthology collection right so like where, where does it go what do I do with my life from I, Warner I Brothers really Pictures like comes something... the tragic story of James Hart making a tough decision yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really it's feel like it's like it's... a Sophie's Choice of TV ownership <laughs> I really feel like that's really your call, like, because it's your collection, man. Prometheus and Covenant could just go together in front of the anthology because they're still prequels. Oh, but then, whoa, now you're blowing my mind. Because then I'm going to hit P, like, the B, my alphabet's going to start with P. I just like, like how you said, I'm going to hit P, and I'm like, <laughs> So you need to do what I'm I do. hit P way too early. And organize your shelf by, like, genre and Gross. spine color. This isn't blockbuster, man. So, like for Logan, it's just it's there with the spine Marvel movies. Co- I forgot about spine color. That's yeah. right, you're crazy. And font, yeah, yeah. Ryan, I always thought Ryan's was pretty insane because his is by genre, except for certain uh, like film or uh, actors, right? He pulls them out. Yeah, and also Disney, like Disney's its own genre. 
Um, but yeah, spine color, man. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. Do you keep all your your steel books together? Yeah. Wow. So even packaging shape, stuff like that. Crazy. So like there's just slip cover boxes so, so, to one shelf. So basically the no only person who can find something is you. Yeah. Is, are they alphabetized inside well, the no genre? One, no one ever comes over. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only oh. one who needs to find anything. Oh. Uh, but no, they're not alphabetized. Like, you know, it's just kind of amorphous. Like the top shelf is the Van Damme movies and there's like Blu-rays <laughs> and DVDs. Oh. And then oh. below that is excess slipcover movies. And yeah. that's just kind of like movies that are kind of similar in tone and crazy spine color. And then below that is the, the major, like the, the, the legacy slipcovers, things that I've had for a long time. Sure. In slipcovers, but there's like the Disney and there's a lot of the Pixar stuff. It has a blue spine. So it's, you know, sure. Yes. And it bleeds into like Tron legacy and up and, wally like they all have blue spines and then below that is the um no slip cover shelf that has like indie movies because they don't get yeah. a lot of good treatments and then they're um, the, the french release of brick yeah and then to the left of that is recent releases like the neon demon and stuff yeah um and then to the right there's a criterion a slash Wes anderson which i guess is just criterion at this point <laughs> <laughs> um and star trek yeah because that's because star trek it's a smaller shelf and there's small what bits do you, of that what do you do with like your big box set of things like a like a like an alien or a lord of the rings or a star trek or uh those like, are kind of like at the end of the slipcover shelf bunched together because they're, they're floating all, shelves they're all bulky and weird. oh yeah i don't yeah. want to put them all into a single so they're kind of like spread apart oh sure and they're also holding things from sliding off the shelf because there's no edges right <laughs> so, okay yeah crazy yeah, and then below the Star, Star, Star Trek Criterion, there's a, oh, a shelf above that is PlayStation Three games, but yeah, yeah, and then it goes Criterion, Wes Anderson, Star Trek, and then Steelbook, uh-huh. shelf one with I think the DC stuff. You're a madman. DC slash Marvel, and then below that is the Steelbooks for just like Steelbooks for movies that aren't superhero movies. Wow. And then below that, I think is like Star, uh, Batman animated series and stuff. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a madman. You are an OCD Mine, madman. I TV is separate from mov- from movies, and everything is in is in a blockbuster alphabetized order. I so can't, I kind of just the dark is kind of kind of say fuck it, and then like, does it fit on the windowsill? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dark. The dar- has, has he witnessed the past two? And weeks? that's just the Blu-rays. I, there, in another room, there's a shelf I built that's the old DVDs, and that's. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that, seven or eight shelves. Yeah, yeah, that's a caveat on mine. Like, I keep the Blu-rays separate from the DVDs for the most part. Unless they're only going to be available on DVD. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Like, miss so, my... like, I got all you know. I got all those like cinema archive stuff and like all the black and white stuff. I don't miss that. I don't mix that trash with my Blu-ray collection. I no. do. I do because um... I think that's that's cinema. That's like it's at the only level it's going to get for each particular film. Eh. I have the Target the... Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull release. That's like you know a digibook thing. Yeah, and that's the only Blu-ray that's like mixed in with the DVDs on that DVD shelf. <laughs> it's like. Where it belongs. It doesn't need to be in this room. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The when you go to the DVD shelf, because they're all organized by color. If you stand on the opposite side of the room, opposite side of the room, does it create like a mosaic of your face? <laughs> That'd be so cool. Because that's what I that's what I pictured yet. in my head. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are sticking out. It's a topographical mosaic of your face. If as, you look at mine a certain specific way, it's a penis. So <laughs> obvious. As, look at your what? Uh, anyway. Um, um, really should have told what do you people to fast forward like at the start of this segment. I know, yeah. <laughs> it all goes downhill and it ends at Zach's dick. So, uh, what do you want to do next? News? 
Sure. Cool. It's real news. So I want to be clear. What a good we week. thought a couple weeks ago we got the craziest news on this show ever, but. Oh, I think that was still the craziest news. I don't know. This is just also pretty crazy. Because this was like a page-turner of a mystery. <laughs> yeah, this one just seems like more of a train wreck. Um, Tom Hardy's going to be Venom, right? Yeah, Tom Hardy's yeah, going to be Venom. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah, there's just been a lot of Spider-Man news this week, and when you p- pile it all together... Um, no, I was going to start with the Spider-Man news, but since you jumped right into it... Because I, I, I have um, to, because I've been reading about it all week, uh, and it's just yeah. fascinating me. So, it's been a rough week for Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. um, as... They fired uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, Lord Miller from uh, from directing it, yeah. and then like the stories that have come out afterward just sound like some fucking crazy shit. Um, Ron Ron Howard is directing it now, mm-hmm. which seems like a misstep because he's not a doctor. Like he's he's a guy who has made all of his movies are him making a like he has it's a his vision conception from the get go. Yeah, like he does what he wants, so it's very strange to mm-hmm. bring somebody like him on who, you know, Well, I mean, he does have the Lucas connection from way back in the day. Yeah, but still, it's not like he also doesn't seem like a very hip and fresh no visionary. Excuse me, Inferno is incredibly yeah, shut hip. up. <laughs> he is a He's a guy who will at least kowtow to like you know, he can, to what he the, can, the the studio wants more, mm-hmm. which I think in in this case, if things are as bad as it sounds, like they're gonna want whoever has the money and is gonna go invest a lot in probably fixing some stuff, they're gonna want to make sure that what they say they want is what they get, because mm-hmm. it sounds like they've got some like some shit to fix. Um, mm-hmm. Lawrence Kasdan has been seen around, like hopefully fixing everything, which would be awesome. I wouldn't have been surprised if they just brought him on and said like, Hey, or that w- I would have, I would have been totally down for yeah. him finishing up the directorial. Well, duty. Go get Ryan Johnson to do it. I don't know what Ryan Johnson's doing, but well, I, um, I like uh, the idea of Kasdan doing it. Cause one Kasdan's a good director in his own right. Yeah. But he's so close with the solo character at this point that right. it would make the most sense. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was like, anything wrong with like the project i i read it was more like the kathleen kennedy didn't like their directing style yeah, well how so they work on what set. we're hearing now is like um uh what's his name i can never actually say his name the guy who's playing han solo oh alden ehrenreich um, yeah alden ehrenreich is uh apparently sort of complained at some point about how like they were making a comedy with han solo and the ways they were like the directions they were they were directing him were way more comedic and almost silly than than he necessarily thought it should be um the the quote from the from the article that that sort of broke most of the news was that uh some of his scenes come off as a like Jim Carrey in Ace Ventura-esque character um which seems a little weird and i think part of the problem is that like as they started seeing stuff and they and the studio started giving notes as, and they thought like, oh, okay, we're going to be able to patch this together and make this work. Now that they, because they also fired the editor and hired a new editor, um, as they're editing together what they have, they're like, oh, this shit doesn't feel cohesive the way that it should, mm-hmm. um, which is a bigger problem. And the, because and again, they were, well, they were also fighting with Kasdan on the set going like, well, we're not going to shoot, we're going to shoot maybe one or two takes of what you wrote and then the rest is going to be ad lib. Right. That's what um, I read in the article, so. Yeah, which just means that you're going to have these, like, tonal shifts of, you know, it's it's always, 
everything we're doing here is sort of reading like the tea leaves here, of course, mm. right? Because yeah, I think I mean who knows what really like fucking yeah. like how everything went down precisely. But Lord Miller, I think, are amazing and fantastic, and whatever they were trying to do was probably really cool. I don't know if if Kathleen Kennedy wasn't think wasn't listening when they said what they wanted to do, or they weren't really clear about what they were like what their vision was, or like clearly there was a conflict here where, and they probably honestly. It's Lord and Miller who have done some amazing things, and you probably think like, oh, this one, unlike Ryan Johnson where he's had three movies under his belt, we should sit on this guy and make sure that we are getting what we want because this is also the the, a, the flagship Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This may have been one where they said like, dude, these guys made a fucking Lego movie good. Like, give them Han Solo and let them go, and then, you know. And it baffles three... me. is like, I'm yeah. excited about the Han Solo movie because right. they were going to bring something fresh to it. But now when you say Ron Howard's going to do it, I'm like, oh, traditional star wars movie right exactly and yes. i'm like I i'm agree. less interested i will just focus they on did the saga. that but that's how i it totally happened. agree well, well the, the the article pointed out something interesting was, was like so gareth edwards for the most part was kind of phased out at a certain point in production of rogue one yeah. uh and replaced by with tony gilroy i think it is yeah yeah um but they were like he kind of like which he was he was more collectively in on the changes, mm-hmm. whereas the Lord and Miller thing was a, was an outright firing. Right. Yeah. Like, and they are not going back to set. It's probably Lucas... I don't envy them the problem they're trying to solve, which is how do you take this very specific universe that you have a vision for and that you're trying to build into something that's long-lasting and, and you're also trying to sort of diversify it so you can tell different stories, how do you find directors who can play in that world well i mean marvel's had the same problem you know in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. um of hey we have a vision but we also want to be able to use you to create your own thing and for you to have fun and bring bring your style to it um i find it interesting that the flagship hasn't had any problems but the spinoffs are but then again i guess as what you're saying with the actress missing now Mm -hmm. until he upended their whole story arc yeah um fisher dying yeah yeah, but at the same time, you know, with, so those, with, those, have a big role. with those, you had you had a lot of passion and energy behind getting that thing started, and you had Lawrence Kasdan, and and you had Kathleen Kennedy, and you had J.J. Abrams sitting in a room talking about what they really wanted mm-hmm. and how to send that thing forward. With these other ones, I th- for me, there's there's two big sort of question marks here. One of you know, trying to spin these things up and you're making these because you feel like it, not because you're, you're making them because you're like, well, I don't know. Han Solo should get a movie. And, you know, like, people are like they Han rushing Solo. this stuff? Right. Like, yeah. are they rushing this stuff? Do they really care about the story they're telling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rogue One, you know, I I like Rogue One a lot. I, I still don't own it, so I guess I don't love it, love it that much. But I, I'd like to. I just haven't picked it up yet. Um, but I also have some problems with that movie. Um but I, I think they're just they're still trying to figure out like what that tone is, mm-hmm. and this just seems like a complete misfire on their part where they like there was some miscommunication. Because in my head, I agree with you, Brad. Like whatever those guys were building was probably awesome, but it might just not have been awesome for what Lucasfilm is trying to build. I'm slightly mm-hmm. suspicious that they like they know they need to reach a modern audience. Like the people who are caretakers, even though George Lucas is gone, they're still kind of traditional. Hollywood, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm slightly suspicious that they're kind of like inviting a little new blood um, just to like infuse their ideas a little bit. Yeah. And then once they've got what they want, 
like they're cut them loose cutting them loose in a fair way and then like kind of retaining like okay like just kind of getting a perspective of like what the next generation is up to and then handing over to like co-opt and like make their own instead of like you're following almost, through with it you're almost saying it's like a planned <laughs> obsolescence of directors where it's like we want to get something crazy in here to get us started and or then we'll just fix a peek it. at like yeah. what other people are working on so we can feel kind of relevant but at the end of the day like you know we want to keep it in our style but you know huh. i mean the, the interesting thing is that dovetails with what zach was saying where like that's true but only in the non flagship movies right only on the in the saga movies yeah, right because on the other ones they got they got guys who are character story driven directors and and basically allowed them to write and tell the movie that they wanted to to such an extent that like the worst news we've heard out of out of episode eight is mark hamill disagrees with where they took the character but right? again like, he he kind of did it he did it, and he doesn't say he hated them. He just no, didn't agree. He just said that when he saw the script, went, what the fuck are you talking about? This isn't my Luke set, which is fine, because at least there you're being risky with the characters. You're not being risky with the way it's shot, with the level of action in it, right? Like, everything else, you're hitting your mark, mm-hmm. but what you're doing, and and people can throw a fit and say that J.J. Abrams' movie is just a remake of, of A New Hope, and they're wrong, Um because layered underneath there is a lot of really deep, interesting character stuff that's going on that's only there when you're really like watching it and rethinking about it. But on top is a popcorn movie. And if these other guys are making not necessarily the let's make a shit ton of money popcorn movie that Lucasfilm wants, I, I think that might be the problem, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I'm making a lot of assumptions there because we haven't, we've only seen two Star Wars movies, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm assuming that Ryan Johnson's movie is going to feel similar to Force Awakens, where it's a popcorn movie with some cool ass shit underneath it. Um, and Rogue One, I do feel like was, you know, it's an especially experiment. Yeah, f- especially from what I've heard about some of the early scripts and like when Gary Whitta was writing it and that kind of stuff. Like the fact that they spoilers for Rogue One, the fact that they kill all the characters at the end and stuff like this that is is definitely out there. Um, it could be that was them, like that was somebody like trying to make a movie that's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily fit into a traditional Star Wars universe. Um, and this, if they were making like a, a wacky Han Solo movie, um, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it works. It certainly didn't look that way from like the cast photos and, and all that stuff. Like it seemed like, oh no, man, we're going to make a movie where like Han Solo and his and his young friends steal space shit like which is what i want yeah but it's it's definitely weird yeah and i agree like it bums me out like it's I, yeah i'm less interested in like the Han, ron howard version no offense to him he's been a great filmmaker but yeah. just like but like but, i said before like i'm excited because it's it seems fresh when you put yeah those guys to it like they're gonna bring something different to the universe yeah if they had there's a lot of people that you could have said that would have excited me a lot more you know mm-hmm. um if you had said it was Fincher or you said it was like, I don't know, somebody who has really, I would actually be more excited if the, if it was somebody that I thought like had some, some director doctor kind of chops and was somebody who could come into a picture and, and go, look, okay, I've got 60% of a movie. What's the 40% I need to do to make this thing work? You know? Um, so that if it was, if it was a Tony Gilroy or somebody like that, that I thought like, okay, like a Doug Lyman. If Doug Lyman came in, 
I could see that guy like, okay, here's where, or Christopher McQuarrie. Like, here's these guys who can make popcorny movies and can take what they've got and, and make, you know, make something like, you know, polish enough of a turd to make something palatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not Ron Howard. You know, if you were trying to make a Oscar Beatty movie that never quite delivers enough, then you get Ron Howard. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's on a side note. Since Ron Howard's going to do it, I just think there's more hope for my chance of Anson Anson Williams directing the Boba Fett movie. <laughs> and uh, let's not forget Henry Winkler's version of Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's get all the Happy Days cast to direct these spinoff movies. <laughs> it um, makes more sense than I was, any plan they have. I was actually just thinking like Fred Savage <laughs> would be great, you know? Uh, if you're gonna make a comedy, like he's got he's got those it's always sunny in Philadelphia chops. Uh, but I as I see, joined the rebellion, I was wondering whether it was gonna work out or not. Yeah, I want to I want to see a salacious crumb movie uh, directed by the guys who made It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> that's really what I want. Uh, oh no, it's just yeah, it's it's the Boba Fett movie, but the whole movie takes place in the back like in the back room at Jabba's palace, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to figure out what they're gonna do that day, and. <laughs> they they accidentally make some racist comments about Twi'leks and yeah that's that's the movie I want. Anyway, I hope it's good. Actually, I always technically, hope it's Job of the Hut movie should probably be directed by a gangster director, so like a Coppola or a Scorsese or something like that. Oh, that'd be cool. I would totally I mean, see that. Yeah, Spore Pack is like I remember. I always wanted to be a hut. <laughs> that's dun, like dun, 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 that dun, is like dun, the dun. perfect metaphor for why I don't like Scorsese movies is because he keeps making movies about the about Jabba the Hutt and I don't want to see a movie about Jabba the Hutt I want to see a movie about Han Solo like that's literally what I've been saying for like four years now cut to Martin Scorsese listening to this podcast going what the fuck does that mean yeah. <laughs> you know what it means I've explained it dude silence is really good I just got the image of like the marketing campaign for the Jabba the Hutt movie that, like in this day and age it would just be called Hut. yeah it would yeah and then you make a sequel, Hut, with a subtitle. Hut 2, Quonset. <laughs> <laughs> Crumb. Yeah. Anyway, um, in other news, uh, a whole lot of Star or Spider-Man news this week. Um, reviews have started coming out, and everybody's like, oh, holy shit. This is good, which I don't know is a surprise. I love how everyone sounds exactly like you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <Battle> the shit. <laughs> oh, shit. This is a good movie. Um uh yeah, so it's not really a surprise cuz it's got Spider-Man in it and it's a Marvel movie and it's got Tony Stark in it and they're probably going to do a good job. So, uh but in the actually interesting parts, uh they they retconned that that little boy from Iron Man 2 is Peter Parker. Oh, so yeah. So good for them. And then and then the internet like went crazy like it was real news and I was like, "You guys, this is, I, we could just say things <laughs> like, you know, um, it's like that Andy's dad story that's been circulating around yeah. the internet today. <laughs> right, yeah, which is also not real. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, anyway. Uh, also that the, I mean, they're obviously already planning a sequel and that the sequel is going to be sort of the headliner for Phase 4, um, which is kind of cool. It means that, like, you know, we're starting to get a glimpse at what a, what a post-Thanos, I assume, I don't know, may, maybe Infinity War ends with Thanos taking over the world and now it's like, uh, a weird apocalyptic we future. Back. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Like everyone fails. Iron Man fails. Captain America fails. Dies. Thor fails. They all die. And then it's like Peter Parker and Doctor Strange and the Black Panther. And they're like, shit. We don't even. None of us have jets. Like how? 
How are we supposed to fight this guy in space? Doesn't Tony Stark have like a million Iron Man suits laying around? They they can all just like take one. That, that would be cool. Them up at the end of Iron Man three. <laughs> Holy shit! No, but he's been rebuilding them. He's great. He's got like he, literally anytime he says I need a suit, the the place he's standing has a suit prepared. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, hey, I'm in this. I'm in this helicopter. Oh, There's good. The helicopter turns into a suit. There's a suit yeah. in my suit. There's <laughs> yo dog. I heard you like suits. Waiter, there's a suit in my suit. <laughs> um, yeah, that would actually be a really cool like. It's been souped up. <laughs> oh, that that would be a really cool moment though if they like all of a sudden, you know, you've just got a lot of suits, so it's like, okay, Spider-Man, you get in a suit. Uh, Doctor Strange, you get in a suit. Black Panther, you get a suit. Um, this is turning way too much we're gonna, of an Oprah episode. We're gonna we're gonna wake up the Winter Soldier, and he's missing an arm, but that's okay. He's got a suit. Um, it'd be great. You get a suit, and you get a suit. Yeah, bees. Uh, Rockers Modern Life is getting a TV movie, which is awesome. Sweet. End of story. Just great. Looking forward to it. Don't really remember it that much, but cool. Oh, yeah. it's dope as hell. I, I, you I, can buy I, the whole I, show. It. Nothing against it. On DVD right now. Can you? Yeah, oh like, yeah, on DVD. That's my yes. Target. Yeah. 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 I was a Ren and Stimpy guy. You were wrong. No, um, we got a trailer for Wet Hot American Summer 10 years later, which is great. <laughs> uh, you should go check that out. So it, the whole internet made a big thing about Bradley Cooper not being in it, but David Hyde Pierce isn't in it either. So Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course, Bradley Cooper's not in it. He's got the new season of Alias to work on. Um, He's also a talking raccoon in real life. Yeah, he is. Uh, a Dog's Purpose is getting a sequel. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. Um, I really yeah. hope it starts off like uh, like um, freaking Batman v Superman. I hope there's where the no... dogs have to team up with the cats. <laughs> I hope there's no dogs in it. Uh, oh, I hope it has a subplot about uh, like animal abuse. Um, that would be good. Then they could just like nip it in the bud. Mm-hmm. In the bud, like air bud. Oh shit! Um, Get out. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> and Daniel Day Lewis said he's retiring. And I don't believe him. No! Does that sound good in your ears right there? Nope. It's terrible. <laughs> but anyway. Um, uh, but to be fair, this isn't the first time he's done this. Right. <laughs> I was he's, say. he spent time as a cobbler in Italy up until Gangs of New York. <laughs> yeah. And I, he's uh, just very selective. But he's he, made a, he made a fucking press statement, though. Sure. Which he didn't do the first time. Sure. So... I have this weird feeling that either he's actually done or cancer. Oh, I, that's my like, that's like the back of my head either going way. like worst case scenario. But like, it was funny though. Cause like when that news came out, like I was kind of like, I, I'm one, on the one hand, like, yes. Do I want to see more Daniel day Lewis movies? Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, go out on top. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, his last role, the PTA movie, is going to be any good? Probably not, because he's got PTA. But he was in Lincoln, and that was great. So, you know, he'll, he's done fine. A, fuck you. B, <laughs> um, at the same time, I'm kind of like, yeah, go on on top. Like, yeah. y- you still have the reputation. Like, But I still wanted to see There Will Be More Blood. Um, I want oh, to see... Oh, the movie where he cuts the actual footage of the movie into a story? No, That'd it was just, it was yeah. just going to be uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, but he goes on a murder spree. Um, That'd be great, the too. the title, There Will Be More Blood. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see Lincoln 2, um, Electric Boogaloo. Lincoln 2, Cruise Control. <laughs> I wanted to see so many different movies. I wanted to see My Right Foot. Um... <laughs> This this joke is terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. Henry um, and I had so much fun with this on Facebook. 
I uh, we were giggling like two school children. <laughs> I, the prequel to the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> the uh, first no, of the my, Mohicans. No, my, yeah. my my mine was last of the Mohicans too. We found one more. The penultimate Mohican. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. No, I mean we'll see if he follows through. Yeah. Or if. I mean, if I had to hey. put him in the Deadpool, uh, th- this doesn't inspire confidence. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, if he's really retiring, cool, good for him. He's done a great job. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy only made a movie like every six years anyway, so it doesn't matter. By the time he would make another one, he'll be dead. I think we should like, just give him a fourth Oscar and say, please don't do this. No, because nah. <laughs> um, no, he can't get a life, Lifetime Achievement Award because he's made like six movies in his life. Like, you know, it, yes, it's yes, okay. Y- y- yes, we can. <laughs> um, we can do anything for that man. Yeah. Anyway. Lincoln... Real good. Lincoln, real, good movie. Good. We might talk about it here in a minute. We might. I did go to Disneyland. So, because um, <laughs> he's at Disneyland. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all the news I got, unless I missed something. Yeah. Okay, what I miss? Uh, you said David Fincher earlier. Apparently, he's actually doing that World War Z sequel. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Good for him. That, I, that's that been rumored for so long that when I saw it again, I was like, yeah, is this real? still really real? But I, told, I, guess I so. told him like he doesn't have to like it seems very out of his wheelhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told. Yeah, you know, he called break, me the other day to ask if I should, if I, he should really do it, and I was like, nah. yeah, yeah. I but think it's I, I it guess might he's be got cool. nothing else going on. So it makes me excited for World War Z two in a way I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You think that the title card will be like World War Z, but like up against a mirror, so that Z becomes a two. I think the uh, zombies will rush in and like eat part of the Z and like it'll crumble into a two. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm just going to be hearing a lot of Nine Inch Nails throughout we... the entire movie. Oh, that'd be good. What if they just call it World War II? Oh, name's David. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wait, wait. Fincher walks onto set day one and he's like, <laughs> World War wait, Z? But... I thought we were making a movie called World War II. Huh? I thought I was making a documentary. I don't understand what's going on. What do you mean they're eating people? This didn't happen. Brad, what the fuck, man? <laughs> because I'm like, change of plans. We're making a comedy. <laughs> Fincher's doing a comedy? Yeah. I, I, brought in, see that. I brought in Lord and Miller. <laughs> they were free. <laughs> <laughs> they had nothing else going on. Oh, man. Um, and yeah. there's one other bit of news. Um, uh, for um, Justice League, they replaced Junkie XL with Danny Elfman. Oh shit! Billy, 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 Which, Billy. I don't want that at all. I kind of do because he's coming back to Batman. Mm. I like Junkie XL is like brought kind of like a fresh sound to like Wonder Woman and yeah. like the DC EU and like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, and like Danny Elfman, like he's done great things, but it still right. feels like a Ron Howard like step backward. Yes, mm-hmm. um, like just like a safety net. Why, of... I think what you're saying is, why don't all these old old guys just die? <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing is Brad's tired of old people, and he'd rather we just have have you know Skrillex make make all the music. Uh, no, I'm 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 actually with you. Like uh, I, I'm just hearing one like, I Danny g- Elfman's like last like iconic thing that like has burrowed into my brain is I think the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like, oh, agreed. I don't like nothing. I don't think there's anything i remember him doing since mm-hmm. then like excuse me the score for milk yeah no so like, again again yeah, i remember no. <laughs> um, the, the like yeah right because he's also not he's not a like well i like daniel some daniel elfman scores and i do think that the waltz of death is brilliant um i think the waltz of death is maybe his best thing and that other than that it's like oh yeah daniel elfman he's pretty good but he's not, you know, and obviously I'm a fanboy, but like a Michael Giacchino who 
can turn in multiple very different scores even on the same movie you know you go listen to mission impossible three and four and they're very different scores um he's not as much of a chameleon he's it's gonna sound like probably dan elfman you know um it's kind of like honestly it's kind of like a han zimmer where a lot of han zimmer scores sound like han zimmer but they're still those are still really cool and uh, Danny Elfman's like all right he's he's fine yeah um, bilip, bilip, but yeah there bilip, was a <laughs> there was like a, there is something sort of fresh to to having Junkie XL do those and you know and of course they're still gonna go use that Wonder Woman you know like they'll yeah. still use that yeah they'll still use that riff um which is you know still the best part of of Batman for Superman probably yep um but uh yeah I don't yeah, yeah. that's weird. too bad yeah yeah, stop firing good people and hiring <laughs> the old guys. They should all. Don't we all just wish the old guys would retire? Cut That's to two months later. Tim Burton announced to direct Justice Justice League Two. Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Um. Yeah. I don't know if I oh, want yeah. Tim Burton for that. <laughs> yeah. Who are they gonna do for Justice League Two? Are they just gonna like, hey, Joss, you're already here. I think Zach will be back. Like, yeah. It'll be two no, years I won't. later. <laughs> it'll be two years later, like the grieving period. He'll, like he'll want to yeah. get back to work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes um, sense. Yeah, I better retire for unless like Joss Whedon does such like a bang up job, like resurrecting yeah. it that they're like, uh, yeah, we've got a Marvel guy now. So right, we've got some other scripts for you if you want to yeah. like play with that. Sucker punch. <laughs> next too? thing you know, next thing you know, like uh, Edgar Wright is going to be doing the Flash, yeah. and you know. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Right. Which, by or the way, I'd watch that in a flash. Bleh. Lord Miller was supposed to do Flash for yep. a little while, so yeah. they might be going back to it. Yeah, yeah according, to, them according up, to the news, but... Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Cool. Cool. What have you guys been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Um, Brad? Yeah, so last week I forgot to talk about the Predator movie party. Oh, cool. I went to. Um, Did they show Predator? They showed the original full cut of Predator. Did Shane Black make it through to the end? No. Oh, man. There was no, like... I keep hoping. No. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the movie was fine. It was these two other things that were, like, odd. So, it wasn't a sold-out screening, but... um, uh, So... I was comfortable in selecting one of the handicapped, like, accompanying seats because I like to not sit next to a lot of people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And in this, you know, a third full theater, for some reason, some creep picked the spot right next to me. Um, Hi, Brad. Yeah. Um, don't know why he felt the need to take, like, other than it was like a big fuck you to me for, like, that's his seat. And I took it. Um, that was weird. <laughs> Um, this Did other start slowly stroking your thighs and no, it didn't touch me. Oh, didn't okay. talk to him, but um, okay. it was just odd that with all the available options to him, he's like, "Hey, there's another guy right there." I mean, unless he starts trying to shove his hand down your pants, I don't think we calling him a creep is incredibly no, fair. But <laughs> no, it is creepy to just be like, "Yeah, um, I guess." You know, it's not like there was there was the only one left. It, like, there, yeah, it, it, it was so. even like close to and he wasn't handicapped 10 to left be fair, right and he wasn't handicapped either okay. so it wasn't like yeah that I'm is not it. that i could tell like he he ably walked in so I, unless he has some other handicap that's not visible mm-hmm. um hook for a hand yeah something like that um and not that i don't like sharing it's just it's just weird 
that you wouldn't just want your own like you had the you had like your you know sh- I'm listening to Keanu moment of like why why did you have to sit right next to me mm-hmm. like the yeah. the tables at the Alamo are nice but they're not really big enough to support two people's orders mm-hmm. so like I have to put the pizza in my seat because he's got like a big bowl of popcorn and stuff um, did you so, get to know his did you like ask him his name and no I didn't talk to him at all I just guys, I just sat there and fumed are you guys going out again <laughs> Never see him again. <laughs> um, and the other guys, one. I got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> opening oh, it up shit. on this podcast. Got some news. Uh, but then the other th- weird thing was like, so part of the party was that you got his name is Jeff. He plays Captain America at Disneyland. <laughs> they gave you uh, some Alamo Draft House dog tags and a glow stick. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, wait a glow wait, stick. So yeah. is it a military party or is it a rave? <laughs> Wait. Um, the glow stick is like they said oh oh can you break it open and then like bleed translucent blood that's the idea is like when the predator bleeds on screen uh you can break that open and in the dark it looks cool like everyone's glasses are like lit up with the, the green glow oh because it kind of oh, looks cool. like the infrared and shit maybe yeah it no looks, it looks like his blood yeah his no. blood is like this iridescent green color oh, okay. so um so that's a thing you could do i didn't i just took it home um, yeah. what's, like, this, uh, what's this unbroken glow stick? That's my souvenir. Yeah. Um, Can I break it? No. <laughs> yeah. Would have, have fun with others, Brad. Um, so I just enjoyed the movie. Um, and then some guy like came out and did like a weird introduction where he like praised the pussy joke in it, and I was like, that's a weird thing to like what? prefer about the movie. Like, let me tell you something. This like movie has got the best joke about a pussy I've it ever did. heard. That's almost what he said. Oh my god! I was, and like he could kind of feel like this, like no one agreed with him in the audience type thing. <laughs> Everybody's um, like, why is this weirdo here? And, he's, and he quickly that's, like moved on. If I ever get to introduce the color purple again, that's how I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me tell you something. If you like rape scenes, best joke about beating your wife. <laughs> um, and then the other weird thing is like I didn't really figure it out until I got home with a ticket. Um. I realized I paid. It's 50- made of solid gold. <laughs> I realized I paid fifteen bucks for it. And I was like, "This movie from nineteen eighty-seven, and I like, what was the extra seven bucks for the dog tags and the glow stick?" Mm-hmm. That's probably what it was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, they also list it as like a movie party, like on the on the website, right? Yeah. yeah. You were paying for the experience yeah, of being with your fellow man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, some parties have more things than others, though. I've heard like the the Willy Wonka one apparently had like a shit ton of stuff on it. Yeah. Like, that's why the ticket was like twenty five bucks. So I was a little disappointed about like the movie party aspect of it. It's like that's too bad. The guy just comes in, introduces it. You watch the movie. You get like dog tags, like. What, what, dog, I, what, what do I use? Like, this, this have the Alamo symbol on them. I don't know. Like, oh. It's like, cool, it's a thing I have, and I'll probably give away at <laughs> Denver Comic-Con. <laughs> not that I'm not, like, I'm not ungrateful, but it's just like a... You just you just threw that out there uh, incorrectly though. Uh, so everybody, come to our panel, and you can win the <laughs> coolest right, Alamo right. Draft House dog tags. Uh, they will be uh, an offering. There's also going to be an unbroken glow stick. No, it is broken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give away this used glow stick <laughs> as a prize too. Did you break it slowly in your bedroom at night before like, you went to bed, going like fifteen dollars? No, I went to like work right after that, so I just like broke it and then like did lighting effects for like photographs and stuff with it. Yeah, oh, cool. So it was useful yeah. at that point. Cool. Like fifteen bucks for like in this old movie that yeah, but it's a good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the best one. 
of that. It's the best movie? Oh, it's the best Predator movie. Best Predator yeah. movie, yeah, so far. I don't know. Alien vs. Predator. Uh, nope. Requiem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, it's no. fun, but... Yeah. I mean, this one is like it's so simply... It, that's what's great about it. It's simple. Like, yeah. the other ones are so overcomplicated. You know, there's this right. team of mercenaries. They go in. They find out that the mission they went for wasn't what they were told. Um, and then they're hunted for the rest of the movie. And then Schwarzenegger fights back in the most primal way possible. And Predators is pretty good. I would actually say if there's a if there's a second best Predator, it's Predators. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's good. The the most interesting part of it is like the enemy within. I'd say without spoiling yeah. it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. otherwise, it's pretty standard. Like. Yeah. I, well, and again, that, that, what's kind of cool kid. about Predators is it's hey we're on a planet getting hunted by Predators. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much the plot. I guess I was just disappointed there weren't more like. Like you have, if you're on the Predator's homeworld or whatever, you have the opportunity to like introduce new creatures and like I think there's one. Oh, I don't think you're on the Predator's homeworld. I think you're on the Predator's fight planet or whatever. Fight planet, yes. <laughs> well, either way, like you're in. Oh, an... that's a good subtitle: Predator Fight, fight Planet. planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I, that was what you're I. You're on an I, alien world. You can yeah, like yeah, put yeah. more alien stuff in it. Oh, totally. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think I think the budget didn't. Necessarily yeah, exactly. Point. Still cool. Um, Very cool. And then, um, so yeah, I watched that, and then. Um, I watched the Bad Batch. Mm. How's the Bad Batch? Did I see the Bad Batch? Uh, it's okay. Okay. It's it's interesting visually, um, narratively. Um, how did I? I was trying to describe it to someone else. Like I like the me- like the message is fine. Of um, it's okay to be a weirdo and an outcast in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but for like a whole movie, this just seems like not enough. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it yeah. super violent? Surprisingly, what? no. I wasn't that shocked by... What would you say The Bad Batch is about for people who weren't at, at Colossal to see the trailer? Uh, the Bad Batch is about um, a girl... Well, really a community of people who are exiled past the uh, Texas border, presumably in Mexico. It might be the future. It might okay, be the I present. Say, I, I couldn't tell if it was post-apocalyptic or yeah, not. It looks post-apocalyptic. Apocal- it is post-apocalypse. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. But... Uh, you know, there's never like a date on screen, except there's like this graffiti on some of the stones in the desert that say like, you know, Joe was here 2012. Okay. So that could be something from the past still, or it yeah. could be like recent, um, done by someone from the Bad Batch. But I, you know, it it's not a movie with a ton of dialogue, so it's it's a lot of you just kind of like following along. Okay, and um, it's you know, this girl she gets, I from my perspective, I presume that, um. America is a very uh, elitist society um, and they only want like the best people. Um, and if you do anything remotely like out of like uh, society standards, like sure, even non-criminal, they just boot your ass to pass the border and then you're left to fend for yourself. And all the people who have been uh, cast aside uh, criminal or otherwise, they form their own like little communities. So in this movie, there's like uh, a town called um, oh shit, what is it? I think it starts with a P. Protect or something. Frog Town. Comfort. Okay. There's a, a civilization called Comfort, and then there's uh, the Cannibals. I guess I don't think they actually had a name for their thing. Those are the bodybuilder guys and stuff, and uh, Jason Momoa, um, and this girl, um, like on her first day out, gets mutilated and whatnot. 
Um, and then she gets rescued by Jim Carrey's in this movie. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he plays a mute. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Best Jim Carrey role ever. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's it's so weird. The uh, you don't really recognize him at first, like yeah. when he rescues her, but later on Momoa has like interactions with him. You're like, holy shit, that's Jim Carrey. <laughs> like a big fuzzy beard and everything, super tan. That's awesome. Um. So yeah. So she lives in comfort. Um. That's where Keanu Reeves has built this civilization, and it's kind of like uh, if you read the interviews or watched the interviews of the director, she didn't like Mad Max Fury Road. And she kind of built her own, like, how I wish that was better movie. I don't like this person. Um, yeah. Uh, so Keanu Reeves <laughs> is basically yeah. like rave a Morton Joe, where he's not out to kill people or control the water supply. He's out to play with Brad's glow sticks. <laughs> but he still has like a harem of girls that he impregnates to repopulate um, his town and keep everyone working and forming a society. Um, so he's like... Uh, you know, we're all we're all the outcasts, and no one believes in us. But they were wrong, and uh, his dialogue's better than that. Um, I'm just paraphrasing. Um, but he, you know, he gives everyone drugs and food, and keeps everyone sedated and happy, um, and, and comfortable in the town of comfort. Yeah, um, guys, I want to move to comfort. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but this girl, like, she gets rescued there. But um, once she sees, it, once she interacts with Jason Momoa, like, it's kind of shallow she sort of falls for him, even though he's like this murderous cannibal who like kills everyone he comes in contact with. Um, she kills his wife. She doesn't know that, uh, while she's out harvesting junk with their daughter. Um, so she, our hero Arlen, she takes the daughter back to comfort. And then Momo is out in search of his daughter. Um, and she runs into her while she's out on a drug trip, just staring at the stars. And he kind of kidnaps her and, you know, uses, she doesn't tell him that she killed his wife. Sure. But, uh, she, he knows she's from comfort and wants her to get him in there because he can't just go in by himself because he'll just get shot by the snipers. Um, and so it's kind of like from then on, it's trying to get the daughter back. Um, and then at the end of it, um, she has this opportunity to like have a life in comfort. And instead of choosing the safe life, she chooses like this, cannibal life that could also like change him into not being a murderous cannibal um okay yeah. mm. so it's like she like accepts being even more of an outcast and like this hodgepodge of a family with the daughter and everything um you know like they sort of complement each other or something i don't know it's it's not the like direction i would have wanted for this type of movie but okay because it's is, like it seems like she just falls for him because he's like this big, strong, muscly guy. Yeah, know? yeah. That's and a, and so, he's a rebel, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. What is it with Jason Momoa and always like getting like the same thing happening in Game of Thrones, where he's like, "I'm gonna take this woman and rape her a lot," and then she eventually falls in love with him, and then he dies. Yeah, it's weird. Is is Jim Carrey this guy who's wearing the Rocksteady sunglasses? Yeah, awesome. They're made out of cardboard and they look like Rocksteady. Bebop, so, bebop, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So, um, sounds cool. interesting. Yeah, it's visually yeah. interesting. You know, there's not a ton of dialogue, so it's uh, like a quiet, slow paced thing. Um, How long is the car chase? There is no, uh, there's a golf cart chase. <laughs> <laughs> a golf cart that with the cannibals chases after her. I, I love don't her inter- think she understands what rock, what Mad Max is about. <laughs> you know what Mad Max didn't have enough of? Golf carts. 
<laughs> well, she even said like, I don't understand why like he's hoarding the water. Like there's a water fountain in the desert. It's just, it just makes sense. Like she didn't go into specifics, but I'm uh, I was like, <laughs> this, I, this it's not a deep terrible. movie. I, I don't get, think you were watching. <laughs> she, she just like lashed onto the weirdest thing. Yeah. Um, Fair. But it's uh, like, clearly if you watch her interviews, she seems like a very, a person very yeah. invested in counterculture. Sure. Um, and this movie is very much like approval of the counterculture. counterculture. Yeah. Like, um, it looks cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably check it out. They're the outcasts of society, but you know that should be celebrated. It shouldn't be like looked down upon, which is a great message. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it's kind of boring in the way it's presented in this movie. Yeah, cool. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I also watched Baby Driver, but I'll talk about that next week. Sweet, sounds good. Zach, Zach watched a couple things this week. Um, so I rewatched Lincoln again. Yeah. Um, and watched Lincoln since the theaters actually. That was my number one movie of all of six years, right? Nope, that was number three. Oh. Because number two was something else, and number one was Super 8. That is correct. And you... Yes. Yeah, but anyway, um, I, I mainly watched it because uh, when I read the news about uh, Day-Lewis retiring, I'm just like, when was the last one of his I... Because I, I'll watch... And have to be, jerk off. I have to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel oh. Day-Lewis is fine. Oh, okay, GGL. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, no, no. You, if you're gonna do that, you just watch There Will Be Blood because you got to do something to keep yourself entertained. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, so I, I, I frequently watch um, uh, There Will Be Blood or Gangs of New York because those are just the ones that I grew up with. Um, Lincoln, God, so Lincoln, I, I loved Lincoln when it came out. Uh, it's just not the one that I always gravitated towards in terms of his performances. I don't know yeah. why. But I'm watching this one again, and, and actually, like, because you forget he's in it. That's part of it. I do. That's part of it, but. So like that, he's impressive in the movie, but yeah. everybody around in the, is impressive in this movie. Yeah. But I was really focused on that script this time around, yeah. which in a way that I wasn't when I saw it in the theater. That is the most complicated Spielberg movie I've ever seen, mm-hmm. because of the simple fact that there are things that are being said by people in this movie that I know in 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 modern time you either fundamentally agree or fundamentally disagree. And it's all the difference in it is just the way it's positioned with the political parties, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Like, I'm not yeah. going to get political, obviously, on this. Like, I, I can't really give an example without pointing out a political point. But yeah. watch the movie and listen to what everyone's saying about being a Democrat versus being a Republican in that time period. And it's mm-hmm. very fascinating. And that's well, just the surface. And just generally the way that they portray the 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 infighting of politics mm-hmm. and like all of the complications of like parties and all of that like it's and to, it, to be able to keep that straight enough to make a movie where people talk a lot about a thing that is actually like is pretty one sided today um like to make that constant conversation not only interesting but for you to be able to follow like who some of these people are and what what they're you know uh, motivation in this whole game is uh, is really fascinating and and you know yeah and I, and it's weird because like I, I'm a huge task well yeah and it, and in this is gonna sound strange it's like so I, so I love the movie Django Unchained which came out the same year um, and I love Christoph Waltz in that movie and you know God bless him I'm glad he won a second Oscar for that movie but Tommy Lee Jones is really super fucking good, good man. in this movie like it's it's but it's unfair to compare the two because they're completely different characters with completely different motives. Yeah. So um, even though technically they're both within the same realm, it's just like one's an exaggeration and a very cool exaggeration, and yeah. the other one's very grounded in reality. 
Yeah. So um, it was interesting and to watch it again. To be honest, a lot of the power of Tommy Lee Jones's performance is actually just that the dialogue that character is given is so good. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, Tony Kushner who wrote and the, it. And yeah, and the 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 way, especially the way he directs that last sequence mm-hmm. with with Tommy Lee Jones is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's maybe the moment. I mean, I I have said many times I cried through the entire film. And if I if I can get through the movie without starting to cry, that moment the moment where he very carefully creases the paper and carries it out of the building will always get me. Mm-hmm. Um because he's so like here's this thing this guy has fought so hard for and cares so much about and this piece of paper is like like a precious thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um it's just so moving. Uh, it's uh, that it's it, that movie is a masterpiece. For it, sure. it just is. Yeah. Um, no, it's really good, his, man. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis's performance is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah. So I brought it up because it, mm-hmm. at Disneyland they still have Walt Disney's like 1963 um, great present. great moments in in uh, great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Uh, and also oh, they don't have the Hall of Presidents. They just have great moments with Mr. No, Lincoln. Hall of, Pres- Hall of Presidents is at is at Epcot, I believe. Uh, okay. um, great moments with Mr. Lincoln is the original. Oh, audio the, it's, yeah, it's the one they brought yeah. to the World's Fair. Yeah, that's yes. right. Um, and like that that speech he gives and all of that is just so good. Mm-hmm. That what's kind of cool. I I forget who. Oh, it was uh, it was C.S. Lewis um, that I saw a, a quote from recently where he was making the point that like we often have this fallacy where we believe that we are smarter than everyone in the past mm-hmm. and that like a hundred years ago or 200 years ago or a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago um, people were just really really stupid um, and that's the fallacy there is like the IQ was relatively similar there wasn't as much to know mm-hmm. and so when you listen to you know or like when you watch Lincoln and you hear the things that this guy says and how intelligent they are, like it just sort of reencapsulates history for you to some degree because you're like, oh shit, like these were the same kinds of people who were just as smart as we are today. They just didn't have access to as much information and they didn't have all the things that we have. Um, and they were wrestling with really difficult questions the same way we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just fascinating. That movie is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, on a very less serious note, uh, I have no idea what prompted this, but I watched The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle again. The one that has Kenan and Kel in it? Yes. Awesome. Um, so, from from the beginning of the movie, I remembered why I loved it as a kid. Because okay. it because it's obviously an, a big homage to Jay Ward. Like, it's a big old Jay Ward retrospective to some degree. But then they go into live action, and and, and here's the thing. I'm not opposed to the choices they make. <laughs> I really am not. I said it on Facebook and I will defend this statement. I this is this movie is essentially my sense of humor when I was a, when I was 9 to 11. Sure. And it still stands. Yeah. <laughs> I I like they they make like the, there's a great line in the movie. Actually, it's weird cuz it's not a great movie. Yeah. Not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Like you watch it to watch Rocky and Bullwinkle, you give two shits about the human characters. Yeah, um, this is the one that has Robert De Niro in it, right? Yeah, I as guess. fearless leader. Um, yeah, and uh, there's a line where um, uh, Bullwinkle, so Bullwinkle and Rocky are going to um, 
uh, walk in the woods and, uh, but there are no woods anymore. And, uh, there's a joke about like, well, you don't have to tell me I'm the head of the, uh, frostbite falls, uh, society of conversation. That's not what it is. Bullwinkle. What you said, what are you mean? Conservation. What did I say? You said wildlife conversation. Well, someone has to be talking about these things. Yeah. And then the narrator goes, yes, even their wordplay had to become hackneyed and cheap. And then Bullwinkle <laughs> goes, no, it was always like this. Yes. <laughs> And yeah. that when, when I Which heard that line, really I was, good. When it's I, a very meta, self-aware joke. Yeah, when I heard that line, I'm like, I'm fine with this movie. I don't care if right. there's people with vegetables for heads. Because um, at least it's them saying, like, we know what we're making. Yeah, we're trying like, to make something fun out of something that is very hackneyed and old. And like the like, it's pretty much like, guys, we know how to make this so that it'll make some money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's funny though. Like I love Jason Alexander in the film. I think he's really funny. Mm. <laughs> like yeah. I, there's a there's a line. It's a dumb line, but I love it. Is uh, press any key to continue? Where's the any key? <laughs> oh, that, okay, no, I can't. I love that. that line. That joke is so where's the hacky key? and obvious. I, and stolen I love from it. everywhere else. I think they make that joke in Turtles too. I think I was making that joke when I was six. It's so funny. I like um, it. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, but again, like so. It was interesting. Also, um, it's a joke because I so I saw that movie in theaters. So did I. And I bet that by that time in history, computers no longer said press any key to continue. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, kids who watched that, or if you showed that movie to kids today, they won't get the joke. Mm-hmm. Like I know, but so I, still, I still thought dated. it was cute. All right. Um, so uh, I'll let you have your fun. I watched a uh, HBO documentary called Mommy Dead and Dearest. And I, here's here's my problem with this film is that I can't really describe it other than saying that it's probably the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. And I've watched a shit ton of fucked up crime documentaries recently. Okay. The story of this film essentially is, is that this woman was over-exaggerating her daughter's potential illnesses, mental, physical, everything, uh-huh. to get sympathy, trips to Disneyland, and media attention. And then you find out that the daughter has none of these things, and yeah. it leads to murder Ooh. of the mother. Oh, in a weird. There's basically it's um. What's the syndrome they told? It's I think it's Munchausen syndrome. Yeah, the idea like overprotective yeah. of your children, and dude, like I just I it's very short. So it's not like a long ass watch or anything like yeah. that. But it watching it, my jaw was literally on the floor the entire time. I was like, this is fucked up. Because um, you were laying on your belly on the carpet? No, 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 no. Okay. Like, it's just like, it, it was about the same. I know what you were literally, doing. Literally on the floor. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm not doing a good job. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but on a lighter side of documentaries, I watched Starring Adam West on HBO. Aw. Because I was feeling emotional. Yeah. And, wow, I love that story more than I love most things. Yeah. Um. It was just it. It was heartbreaking. I cried m- way too much, and part of it was actually because like before Adam West's death, obviously, but even before the whole like resurgence of Adam West per se, like within the 2012 area and yeah. whatnot. Uh, and I'm sure Brad was in the same boat. But we listened to Hollywood Babylon and listened to Ralph Garman really like freaking like advocate for his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame so much so that like. There's an untold story about like an old untold part about this in the documentary where Ralph Garman does an evening with Adam West and all the proceeds went to pay for that star. Yeah. Um so it was it was an emotional ride. Um 
I saw a documentary called If You're in Not in the Obit, Eat Breakfast. Okay. Which is a documentary about being 90 and old. Uh-huh. Um, but it stars like Dick Van Dyke, name. Carl uh-huh. Reiner, uh-huh. Mel Brooks, and um, Norman Lear. And um, uh, uh, Tony Bennett does the opening credits song. Okay. I and love it. My thing about this film is that it's it's really cool to hear stories about Carl and Dick and Mel and Norman. Yeah. But they also interweave it with stories of people who were living in their 90s and like leading very exemplary lives. Like one of them is like a marathon runner is 100 years old. Wow. Is a, and it's a tiny little black lady from freaking like I think it's Boston or something. Wow. And it's just a great it's a like an, it's not necessarily like a story about anything. It's just no. like an uplifting like hey, look at what people can you do. You can you can be 90 and be like dope as hell. Yeah, exactly. So I would I really recommend. It. It's one of my favorite documentaries I've seen this year. That's cool. Um and then uh where, where, where's it on? It's on HBO. Okay. So you've got to have an HBO subscription. Sure, sure, sure. Um, last thing I watched this week was uh, 42, Jackie Robinson story. Oh, yeah. So I'd seen That's it in, a good movie. And I'd seen it in theaters. Um, I just liked it, though. I liked I, – I didn't even when, – when that movie came out, I wouldn't have pegged Chadwick Boseman for uh, Chitala for, in Black Panther. Yeah. But watching this again, I was like, ah, dude, like this works. Like uh, he's such a good actor. Yeah. I want to see his James Brown biopic because I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. But I was like, I'm glad this guy got more roles because this could have been it for him, and yeah. it would have been just fine. Um, but uh, Branch Rickey's played by Harrison Ford in the movie, and I think that's my favorite Harrison Ford role next to um, Indiana Jones. Ooh, cool. Because I like other things he's done, obviously, but yeah. him playing Branch Rickey is interesting, and it mainly it's because like I've heard so many Branch Rickey stories over the years because my yeah. dad's a big baseball sports fan. Yeah. So to watch Branch Rickey come to life and have it be played by grumbly Harrison Ford yeah. <laughs> rakes the most sense to me. Yeah, so, he, is, he is good in that movie. So yeah, it it was uh it was really good. Um I I I got the Blu-ray for really, really cheap. So, you know, it's what it is. Cool. Um so yeah, uh that's all I watched this week. Very cool. What did you watch? Uh for the whole time that I was gone, not a whole lot. Um I rewatched Civil War because I'm you know Trying to Ken Burns Civil War, but Sp- Spider Man's coming up. Um, and I was packing for the trip, and so I watched like half of it before I left, and half after I got back. Mm. Um, and then shoot, there was one other thing that I was thinking of earlier that I was like, "Oh, this will be fun to talk about," and now I can't remember. It was porn, lots uh, and lots of porn. No, it wasn't that. Um, shoot, now I can't remember. The five year engagement, bridesmaids, <laughs> the wedding planner, no. runaway bride. Oh, made in Manhattan, but. Is that a movie about a maid? I'm sure they get married at the end. <laughs> you're, just, you're just naming Jennifer Lopez movies. Boy Next Door. Jersey Girl. Jer- Jilly. <laughs> or as I call it, Jiggly. Uh, no. Enough? N- no. The Cell? N- no. Oh, the Cell, really the, cell the, uh... the backup plan. <laughs> um, last Man Stanton. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Go. <laughs> uh, nope. Can't remember what it was. Huh. Sorry. I'm sure it was great. Okay. Was it a Talk about it next time. No. Was it a TV show? No. Was it I have bad? a lot of TV shows that I'm... Part was of it is... YouTube video? I'm trying to catch up on a lot of stuff right now, because like, I'm a little behind on Fargo, and then Preacher just started, so... Oh, I meant to ask. Like, my, so my dad's not liking uh, season three of Fargo. Is he wrong? Um, 
I'm still behind, but probably because he pre- he's pretty much caught up at this point. Okay, yeah, I think he's like one episode behind. Yeah, I'm I'm a few episodes behind, so okay. I mean I, I'm I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. But uh, Maltonon Movies yeah. has an interview with Mary Elizabeth Winstead this week. Yeah, podcast. So she's pretty good in that show. The whole time she's just like, I love Brad Haig. That was an hour of the podcast was just that. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized that Stitcher had fucked up and just was on a loop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to re-listen to the episode. Yeah. And it was backwards, which was really yeah. weird. So, And the actual sentence was, I love Brad Haig when he's dead. And, and I was like, wow, that's pretty morbid. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, whatever it was, I will think of it later. So no big deal. This week... Uh, we went and saw Transformers uh, the last night. Transformers 5, um, which is a misnomer because this movie pretends the first three didn't happen. Um, Brad, should people go see Transformers 5 the last night? Um, surprisingly, I did not hate this movie. Awesome. <laughs> it was actually kind of fun. Um, it, slow it down, Michael Bay. Like. <laughs> I, th- I think there's one slow scene in the middle where I was able to catch up to the story. Sure. Uh, but for the most of the time, I'm just like, it's just it's just sound and bombasticness thrown yeah. at you, and you're just along for the ride. Um, Love it. You have no time to question anything, uh, which is probably good. Um, but I actually, I I did kind of enjoy it. It was it was fun. Cool. Um, yeah. And, and I didn't see Age of Extinction, so. <laughs> oh. Um, well, anyway, I, I was missing I a gap in the story, but I don't think it really matters. Uh, but now nah, you really weren't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Cool. Not bad. Zach, should people go see Transformers Five: okay. Age of Sequels? I have to preface this by saying, so I've I realized that this year marks the tenth anniversary of the first Transformers. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I've seen Transformers One is good. I've seen every one of them in the theater. Me too. Paid money for them. I paid to see some of them multiple times. Um. And so the first one I didn't hate, but I had problems with. The second one I loathed. The third one I thought. Did we ask you what you thought of the originals, or are we talking about the one <laughs> no, we're talking about I, today? I'm leading up to. A, he's <laughs> trying to lay a groundwork for how to I, I, interpret I, his review. I'm so basically like, it was very hit and miss for me, but I always knew that these movies were dumb and stupid. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Yeah, but watching Transformers: The Last Night was literally like watching Michael Bay throw his hands up in the air and say, fuck it, I need a nap. That's what that's, this movie felt like to me. I thought it was the laziest piece of garbage he's ever made. Oh, man. I okay. thought this was just... There's a point in this movie that we'll get to in the spoilers where Anthony Hopkins did something where I was just like, "Did were they all drunk and high when they did this? <laughs> uh, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I didn't feel like there's any story. And Mark Wahlberg looks like he's tired as fuck. Like, he looks yeah. like he wants to go nappy nap. <laughs> so, no, I don't think you should go spend in this movie. And okay. as far as my dad is concerned, um, he turned to me and he was like, so uh, did I miss something? And mm-hmm. I said, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so like, excited. okay, so I spent 10 bucks to take a 45-minute nap. <laughs> but I got some popcorn, which was cool. I was, I was say, like, what, "That's what, my dad for you." What do you do with the other hour and forty-five minutes? Well, it's, it's, it's the thing. Like, it was, this is his first Transformers movie, and I'm like, I really wish I could show you one of the good ones because yeah, there is a good. Oh, yeah, one. there no. is like one or two good ones. This should but... not be your first. The first one is the best, and mm, then after yeah. that, you know, because that movie is a good. You know, I even think the he'd... peak of Kurtzman and Orsi, like that's good. I think that he might even like the Age of Extinction, but you know, okay, it's just a thought. Speaking anyway. of popcorn, 
So I, I almost never order the popcorn at the draft house because it's just way too much. Yeah. And I somehow ate the entire thing because this for is this movie. This is the definition of a popcorn movie. <laughs> yes. Um, Good call. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? So can I tell people to see this movie? No, unless you're like me and you fucking love these movies. In which case, this is the second most fun I've had with a Transformers movie. <laughs> um, Age of Extinction is fucking terrible, and this movie where I where I will disagree with with Zach is the people who don't give a shit about this movie are the people writing it. Michael Bay did cares so little about the script and the movie making sense that he is just having fun is how I feel. And um, it, there were so many moments where what was happening on screen doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I don't care because this is a movie where cars turn into robots and fight. And sometimes there's little flying tie bombers that chase your, yeah. your heroes through the building. <laughs> and film is gonna fucking, sue. <laughs> fucking Merlin is in this movie, played by an actor who's already played a different character in this series. <laughs> and there's a flashback to where cars that turn into robots fight Nazis. And the scene has no impact on the rest of the film. Like, that's what this movie is, and it's kind of great. It's like he says, um, like, before I get out of here, I just want to see robots fight the Nazis. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> really. The only chance I'm going to get to do it. Yes. <laughs> um, I, now, in, in the land of garbage movies that were a lot of fun for me to see this year, is this as good as Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? No. But... It is better than Underworld and Resident Evil and all and a lot of the other fodder of just garbage popcorny like this is gonna make no sense. Um, and the fact that this movie cares so little is a little bit endearing, so that I can just watch like some dumb shit blow up and like some silly action scenes and that kind of thing. You're part of the problem. I no, I know I am. <laughs> Remember, I started it with no people shouldn't see this movie, which is why most of them aren't. Uh, but if you're like me and you love a dumb transformer, go see a dumb transformer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, here's the trailer for a dumb transformer movie. It started as a legend, one of the greatest of all. A thousand years we've kept it hidden to protect Earth from what was destined to arrive. Optimus Prime. You destroyed your home. Do you seek redemption? My maker, I do. Your daughter, what would you say to her? Brush your teeth, work hard. Stay away from any boy in a band, especially a drummer. These are troubled times. Without leaders, chaos reigns. Two worlds colliding. You're all that stand in its way. And now the greatest mission of them all, to turn the tide of human history. destruction of everything we know and love begins i'm not leaving you am 
when all seems lost, a few brave souls can save everything we've ever known. The operation is over. We're not giving up on Prime, okay? I want to stay, and I want to fight them. For my world to live. Yours must die. Okay, so I want to <laughs> clarify something here. Because you, no, no, you genuinely weren't expecting that, like, somehow Brad and I would like <laughs> I'm sticking by my guns, but... You should. It's I think terrible. Here's, so here's my thing on this, is that um, one thing I saw a couple weeks ago, and I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but I probably should at some point, is uh, 13 Hours, the, Begin- the Benghazi movie that he directed. Oh, yeah, 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 that movie's cool. And then also, obviously, I'm a fan of Pain and Gain and yeah. stuff like that. Basically, Bay has alternated between these Transformers movies and things that he genuinely cares about. Sure. And wants to tell the story properly. Oh, yeah. He definitely wants to get out. When I say he threw his hands up in the air and said, fuck it, I need a nap, I meant from these movies. Yeah, I know. It is very apparent that he threw the script away and said, (laughs) fuck it, I'm going to throw everything in but the kitchen sink, and then somehow there is actually a kitchen sink in this movie. I'd argue that it isn't a. A oh, fuck it thing. I, th- I think it might be that he loves those movies and the Transformers franchise is a place where he can try out things that yes. he's thinking about. That's possible. Using for future films, but uh, I, I'm technical wise. I'm technically, but I know, but I'm feeling fatigue from him. But he, this movie is sloppily edited. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. <laughs> makes sense in this goddamn thing. No nope. two times where someone's holding something and the next shot it's gone. And I'm wondering like where yeah. did they yeah. drop the oh, yeah. Where'd the sword go? Where did the sword go? <laughs> mm-hmm. I literally threw my hands up at one didn't, point and went, where did the sword go? Didn't we just have like a bunch of shots that glorified Mark Wahlberg having the sword and it changing? And all of a sudden like no he's sword. talking to Prime and it just, I guess it shrunk back uh, into a watch again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. I'm so glad. This, this so dumb. This So like the, the moment that made me completely lose my mind in ter- internally. So Anthony Hopkins is in this movie, guys. Killing it. A yes. Lot. Every moment of the scene of every scene he's in, he is fucking on point and killing it. Yes. Calling people bitch. <laughs> oh my but, goodness. But, but there's a moment where his character goes so far that I was just like I don't know if this deserves a Razzie or an Oscar. And it was an when, Oscar. when he points to the fat guy and says tubby get out of the way (laughs) i i'm like dude that's like fucking like he's on coke somebody gave anthony hopkins coke (laughs) it's so good i mean or gave him dementia one of the two (laughs) this is one where anthony hopkins read the script and said i know exactly what this is and i'm gonna do it just right like i could see moments where like Michael Bay, like when he met, when they met, he probably was like, okay, so this is a character who's just, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a little crazy. And Anthony Hopkins just stopped him and was like, dude, no, man, I got it. Don't worry, I'll be there. And sure enough, he's just fucking cool in 
every scene. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you can't take your eyes off him. His robot butler uh, oh, acknowledges God, him his as robot the butler. coolest one he's ever worked for. Yes, yes, you were you were the coolest. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. Name? The robot butler's name was Cartman? Uh, no, Car- uh, Cog- Cogman? Cogsman. Cogsman. Yes, because okay. he's made out of gears and shit. I and, don't know, it doesn't matter. And, and he's four feet tall. I just heard and Cartman four, all the time. For, as amazing as Anthony Hopkins is in this movie, his robot butler is just as entertaining. <laughs> yeah, and you know what they did when they said, hey, we have a, we need a really posh robot butler. You know what they did? They went and got the butler from Downton Abbey to do the voice yeah. because they're so obvious. And he's great. He's just great. Like, I great like- in a dumb, don't know why this character's here, don't know what purpose it serves. Much like all the other characters. Like, the little girl who is, like, our first sort of character. I love that idea. She's not important to the movie. No, not at, at all. all. <laughs> but I love the idea they were going with. Sure. Uh, but, but again, but like, it's all confused. Like none of the themes and motifs make sense. Like nothing it's not really. Like, oh yeah, she's a stand-in for his daughter. And but no, no, no. You can't look at this movie and be like, oh, Marky Mark's character has to learn and grow. No, like the his whole arc is supposed to be. He needs a girlfriend. <laughs> like his character's arc is, he needs a girlfriend, and we found so a British woman. It, so it's basically Ted Two, but for ten-year-olds. Yes, because that's what Ted Two is way about. funnier than Ted Two. Yeah, um, probably. Oh, um, my but goodness. so, like, I what I what I will say about this film in its defense is that unlike the other films, and I'm throwing all four into this blender here. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't think. Maybe except for the first one, two, three, four. There's not really a story here. No. And then this one, it seems like we're trying to establish a story. But it keeps losing its way so many times. Like it, it's weaves back and forth so, between nonsense and no, we need structure. No, but we've we've skipped over. So <laughs> part of how it does this is it throws the rest of the story of the other movies out the window. Um, begins with like a fifteen minute sequence in the Dark Ages. Where oh yeah, that was like, pretty confusing too. Yeah, it's like Michael Bay directing his small version of a Ridley Scott movie, mm-hmm. um, where you're at first you just have knights like fighting and killing each other and like some cool some cool Viking dudes, and you're like okay, and then they're talking about Merlin, and literally like as they're talking and they're like revealing that it's the that it's King Arthur and his knights, I was like, what the shit is happening? What what movie am I at? how did you think this was a good idea? Mm-hmm. But it's kind of entertaining in like a weird schlocky way. I love how Merlin's a drunk, apparently. I love how Merlin's a drunk. He's he's <laughs> played he's played by Stanley Tucci, who, as I said in the, it, before, it took me forever to remember has already him. played a different character in this series. Mm-hmm. There's clearly going to be another one, so maybe like whatever his character was from the previous movies is a descendant of Merlin, like the girl. So his character, his character is the bad guy sort of in four. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wait, no. In age of extinction. Yeah. He was in three. The wild card character. Two, right? No, uh, no. That's Totoro. Yeah. Totoro is in those, but in, <laughs> Oh, and he's back. Yeah, he's just hanging on, and in, he doesn't like to play games. Apparently, with his friends down in Venezuela. Yeah, just some weird, just some weird jokes where uh, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Don't know why they doesn't brought make him any back. Fucking sense. They made no. no there no. was no reason. Because if to. we don't, yeah, if you don't make a weird underwear joke, I don't know why he's in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which I will say, this movie has way fewer like dumb like dick and fart jokes. Mm-hmm. Is not as sexist or racist as the other ones. It actually pays a. a, a 
pretty poignant point with having the uh, chief uh, that's guarding the uh, junkyard. Yeah. They were like, well, coming out of you, it sounds vaguely racist. So right. I'm like, finally, they addressed it. Took, <laughs> took four films, but they did it. Yeah, like they actually made a like, they made a good joke about racism sort of like mm-hmm. they they went the other way and became progressive and i was like what the <laughs> hell movie am i watching i know i was just like I... but okay so so then merlin goes to a weird spaceship <laughs> cave and a fucking this... robot dragon comes out of it and that's when i was in at that point i was like holy shit they got robot dragons you know what i bet happens i bet optimus prime's gonna ride that robot dragon and it does that happens oh that's another thing where the fuck is Optimus Prime in this movie? Doesn't matter. I don't know. No, does it, ma- no, does it does matter. I didn't no. see the last one because he, he's in he, it way more. At the end of the last one, he he shoots. Oh, that's one he of the things I watched. I did watch Transformers: Age of Extinction this last week, okay. um, and it's real bad. Uh, yeah, he well he leaves because like uh, the villain in four tells him like you know your creator is coming for you blah blah blah, and so at the end he his his weird ambiguous. So he's like, like instead of speech. waiting for it to come to Earth and destroy everything, I'm going to yeah. go hit it off. Yeah, so at the end, he's like, the past. you know, my creator, I'm coming Cybertron, for you. Cybertron, I am coming for you. Yeah, yeah, and then fucking and some Linkin Meg- Park starts rolling. Yeah, and how's Megatron back? Because in Dark of the Moon, oh, he died. Oh. <laughs> so in, in Age of Extinction, yeah, Megatron dies a bunch. But in Age, in Age of Extinction, um, Stanley Tucci's character is like trying to uh, steal the Transformers technology and make his own thing. And how he does it is he creates he creates Galvatron, and in creating Galvatron, he's like experimenting with the brain of Megatron, and so he ends up sort of cloning Megatron into Galvatron. So at the end, Galvatron becomes Megatron, sort of, and leaves. Um, so that's how. Gotcha. Also, there's a Suicide Squad like introduction sequence of the Decepticons. Yes, all oh, the ones God. he wants on his team. Yeah. And what's great yeah. is then they all just die. Like all of those characters were annoying, and he just kills them off. Like yeah. that's another thing where like he's learned from the previous movies where he creates these characters and they're obnoxious, and then but in this case he just murders them and I, you're fine. Oh God, maybe I'm wrong because <laughs> no, I just thought of this because of that sequence. Yeah. He does that a lot in Pain and Gain, too, and that's a smart movie, despite what other people, idiots, I call them, say. Yeah. I, I, maybe he's doing a commentary on Transformers movies. No. Okay. You have, I don't think so, but... To, no, no. You have to go into a Transformers movie and realize that this movie is a children's film, and it is basically... A, it is supposed to be what you were imagining when you were eight or nine years old and you took your Transformer toys and smashed them together and pretended they were fighting. I, Th- this is the, the silly, weird stories that you made up where you were like, oh, man, I also have this weird Merlin doll. What if Merlin was friends with the Transformer? Like, literally, that's the weird, dumb shit that he is putting together. Okay, then, and, yeah, I'm back where I started. <laughs> right, and it's fucking terrible. Like, these are not good movies, but they're hilariously entertaining. And... One of the issues that, going back to what we were talking about with Michael Bay, like, part of the problem for me, I think, is, or or, or maybe that he's having is, everyone keeps stealing the cool shit he does. So, like, all of the, especially in Transformers 1 and 2, where he was very, like, holy shit, the military is awesome, and, like, how about Halo jumps, and how about, like, all this other stuff, you started seeing it show up in other movies, and so he's... He keeps he now he's having to top other people. So this is a movie where they do a halo jump, but with Osprey out of a spaceship, and it's actually kind of cool. Like it's you know stupid, 
But you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, here's this weird scene where you're dropping planes out of spaceships or whatever. And nonsense. they crash. And everyone's okay. Yeah. And they <laughs> cra- yeah. And then we shoot things. And the we need to blow up that thing. So the little robot R2-D2 guy goes over there and says, fuck you, and blows it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a, there's a, the, which, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, which, even that scene where, like, there's this artificial conflict of, like, oh man, we might, we might not make it this time. And the whole time, of course, you're sitting there, like, where's Optimus Prime? Wait a second, where's the dragon? And so then, the dragon being ridden by Optimus Prime shows up and saves the day. And you're like, great, of course. Cause where was Optimus Prime? He knew they had a dragon. He was just hanging out, riding a dragon. Cause that's what I would do. Well, he's gotta um, maneuver around all those, like, planet arm yeah. reaching things. Which was kind of cool looking, even though it totally... Oh, I, I had like, a conversation, like, at the end of the movie, which the credits are super short, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> considering how much CGI is in the movie, but as the guy was like, hey, he's like, I haven't had a chance to watch it. What would you think? And I was like, I actually kind of enjoyed it. it the cu- the humor is not... It's corny as shit. Yeah. I hate it. Um, <laughs> it. But the rest of it's actually pretty entertaining, and, you know, the craftsmen behind the CGI for, like, this other <sighs> metal planet crashing into the Earth and yeah. um, and all the stuff that has to maneuver around that is actually really impressive. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like, the credits, <laughs> I, I know that, like, it's not a scrolling thing. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, it's, like, just yeah. endlessly scrolling all these right. CGI artists. But, uh, like, I looked at my phone and back up and the movie was, like, done yeah. doing the credits. I'm like, how did, like, there has to be a billion people working on this. Like, right. the level... Like there's just tons of CGI in it, and it doesn't mm-hmm. stand out that much. Michael Bay did it a lot of places. Crayons. What? Michael Bay did it all with crayons. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I I was similarly just like, so I I saw it with Rafe, and the whole time, yeah. There's so many times where the plot makes no sense, and I threw my hands up in the air and wanted to shout at the screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't obviously. It was at the Alamo, but I still I wanted to be like. What? Wait, wait. What is even happening? Or how, did you just say that? Or but it moves so fast that I have yeah. no time to process any of it, right? Because um, they're throwing and, more stuff at you. And sometimes now there were a couple times where it gets where for me it slowed down. So mm-hmm. I no actually part, like, Anthony Hopkins has like a single moment, and that's the only part of the movie I was like, the movie slowed down right now. Oh yeah, like, there's an actual emotional something. I think sure. it's when he announces oh. to Mark Wahlberg these are the last night or something. I think it's that part. Yeah. So for me, it slows down. I actually feel like it slows down a little bit during the tie bomber sequence where suddenly like a, a bunch of dro- drones that all look like tie bombers show up and they have to run through a building. And, and and it's not the action is actually pretty good, but I'll be honest. And it's I, I keep saying this. I like the part where cars turn into robots and fight. And so that's a there, that's like a pretty long sequence where there's no ac- other Transformers. And I was like, OK. And similarly, the there's a part before that where once the girl tries to be part of his garage mm-hmm. um, and they're asking like, how did your wife die? How did your, like lose your family? Oh, like sure. that's kind of a early slow part, but everything else is just yeah, like, I would actually say it's pretty decent. I mean, I've seen age of extinction, but like as a character moment, it's actually kind of decent. It's like, here's this guy who wants to be a good guy. And, and if you did see age of extinction, you're like, okay, yeah, you had that daughter and she's off at, at school now yeah. and you can't talk to her, you know, yeah, as someone who didn't see it, like I got me caught up. So yeah. 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 Um, but the other one for me is actually the, the, uh, submarine sequence where there's a lot of just like walking and like, uh, Jonathan or, uh, Josh Dumel, like just following, you know, which I, I also like that he's back. Um, cause it is a little bit more of uh, like an infusion of, Hey, the military is cool and we have some cool stuff now. Oh, why um, is the, uh, TRF like after like, like what thing did Mark Wahlberg do that made him like. 
criminal of the earth uh america uh, the uh, world's oh, most wanted oh in it, extinction in extinction like transformers have been outlawed which they say in this movie too because yeah, of the events of the third one yeah so in the third one they basically blow up all of chicago um and i will say i appreciate that this is a universe where there are consequences for the fact that like they destroy entire cities and kill billions of people or millions of people. I will give them and, credit like, on that, yeah. Yeah, and it, so by the third one, you're almost in this, like, not post-apocalyptic universe, but, Dystopia. like... Dystopia. Yeah, there, there's an there's this unrest because you have these, you know, these Autobots and or you have these Transformers everywhere that seem to breed like fucking rabbits, <laughs> uh, considering the fact that in the last two movies, the, the, the government is constantly finding and murdering them you know, like this movie starts with another like, or I think uh, was it? The, no, 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 no. Age of Extinction starts with like them hunting down a transformer and like cold blooded murdering him, um, and it's kind of rough. And yet there's just keeps being more transformers everywhere. Um, I just love that you said transformers breed like rabbits. <laughs> they, are, they just keep popping out of the I'm woodwork. Optimus Prime, and I'm coming on you. <laughs> like the first movie, there's like six of them that land on Earth, and mm-hmm. by now there's like. Hundreds and hundreds of these things. Well, to be fair, apparently Earth is now their new safe haven. Right. right. Or based on previous communication before, obviously, everything happens in Chicago. (laughs) We shouldn't try to piece together whatever's happening in these movies. But what did Wahlberg do that, like, singled him out as, like, number one? He ends up, like, finding and repairing Optimus Prime. So in Age of Extinction, they're always on the run because there, there is no change in paradigm between the last movie and this one. The The Autobots are are vigilante outlaws and he has been helping them and they they think he probably knows where optimus prime is um now or no no yeah it's the the end of this movie where he finally has that statement where he's like where they're on the plane and he's like you guys have hunted me and you've hunted my friends and killed my friends and now now, when the world is ending you want to go fly with me like that was a good moment it was yeah it was like because there was this moment of like dude you owe me an apology like, don't throw shit my way and act like you're the big man on campus. Like, I was right, and you came to me for help at this point. Like, that, I thought it was cool. Like, for one, th- that's one sentence in the whole movie <laughs> that was maybe a well-written scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and I would agree with you probably that that Anthony Hopkins scene is a little bit like okay, like you're just sometimes there are moments like that where I'm like, I don't know why you're still trying. Like, you're still trying to piece together a movie that makes sense, but in this case, I'm like... Well, there's a lot of exposition that they're throwing at you in this movie. Yeah. um, And Anthony Hopkins is in an exposition machine. Oh, yeah. Which is part of why it's so great that he's so... He's actually so much dickhead like three times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird. It's so good. It really is like, like, if you're Michael Bay... And you're like, oh man, I'm gonna. I really want to work with Anthony Hopkins. What would I do with Anthony Hopkins? One of the greatest actors alive and of his generation. Oh man, I really want him to say dickhead a lot. Like, I want him to f- call a fat guy tubby, I, and I want him to tell the prime minister to shut up a bunch. And like, in my mind, it's uh, like the feeling I get is like Michael Bay is, has like the corniest sense of humor. Um, yes. And mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins doesn't want to say it, but <laughs> Michael Bay is like so. Anthony Hopkins does the line, <laughs> and Michael Bay's like, "Great, great. Uh, let's just do one more, and can you just put dickhead at the end of it?" And, Mike, and Anthony Hopkins pauses and then says to himself, "Do what the director tells you, because that's how acting is done." 
And there's <laughs> oh, um, a we I, have I, both. I, It'll be okay, and I, the editor will choose. I don't hope so because I want Anthony Hopkins <laughs> to have enjoyed his time. But at the same time, I do like that image. An even better scenario is him saying like himself, "Hey, yeah. Michael, um, what if I say dickhead?" Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a PG-13 movie, Anthony. Um, I'll only we might say not be able to get with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's an article that came out. I want to say like six months ago yeah where anthony hopkins was praising the shit out of michael bay calling him like a genius and whatnot and i'm like <laughs> i have no idea what he's talking about i but do i love this idea <laughs> i do because i will go back i am hardcore in the michael bay is not only a genius but really fucking good at his job he's just not doing the job you think he like he's no, I, making a he's making an action movie for kids the truth is the movies he's making don't fit into like the the parental guidance rules, right? Like he's making a PG movie. They're just like they say the, shit so many times. I was yes, like, but the but the yep. tr- the unfortunate truth of today the 80s, is you that could like do that, right? No, but but the, I was still in comp- like there was the only other people in my theater were like a family with like six or seven year olds. Yeah, and I kind of was like, Ew, I wonder what they're thinking. I would have adored this movie when I was <laughs> six or seven. Like this is my sh- my shit. Like. It would have been so much fun. And yeah, there's some language, but like and some the unfortunate truth sex is jokes. Yeah, but way less than in, than any of the previous ones. Yeah. Like there's never there's never a Michael Bay like, you know, hey, look, I got a, 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 a Victoria's Secret model's ass in the movie. Like he actually he hypersexualizes her in that they put her in a really tight slip dress, but that's like that's it. so tame. For a Michael Bay movie, yeah, it was like, interesting how this uh, out of all of them was like the weakest on that. Yeah, by the end she's in like a thick sweater, right? Yeah, Fisherman like sweater. Yeah, like normally he would have like put her in a white tank top and some shorts and been like, at the end you just got to be able to run a lot and get dirty, you know, which is fine. And then wash a car but, at the end. <laughs> yeah, right. And then wash my car. <laughs> um, but it's uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a lot more palatable. Than, than some of the other ones are. Mm. The the one issue is like, it it sort of depends on where you land on robot violence, which is a weird sentence. <laughs> but you know, but like Brad and, or Ryan and I have fought for years about like I think the third one where they Rips, they they like rip, rip each other's hearts out. and yeah. stuff out, and it's it's violent, but it's cartoon violence, you know. So for me, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. It's they're they're robots. It's not like is it? It's not even as traumatic as like. Um, short circuit two when they di- they dismantle him and you're like oh man like they you know like you don't really care that much um, the sweet part where uh, a bunch of the uh, Decepticons rush at Optimus Prime and he just takes one swing and decapitates like all six of them in one shot right it's badass yeah um, it's just like when when I was that age I would have adored a movie like this um, and I guess it's also it's also super the weird because he's also the guy who like shows Jurassic Park to his two-year-old but um but he he likes it so you know um yeah i I just think michael bay is actually really good at what he does he's just actually he's making a movie for seven and eight-year-olds i don't deny that yeah speaking of Jurassic park for the two-year-old like that ryan was just questioning us like should i show my kid Jurassic world and he's like two years right yeah Yeah, he's two years old i think he was approaching two yeah so yeah and the answer is no because your son should have better standards than that um there's a lot of good movies out there. You should show them first. I don't deny Bay's genius. Like even as I've bashed the shit out of these Transformers movies, they're terrible from their from their inception. 
I always like stuck by the fact that regardless, Michael Bay knows how to shoot action. Yeah, knows how to shoot action, and that is a tough ass job. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm almost Sorry. doing him a disservice by saying by comparing this to the Resident Evil Underworlds of the world. Yeah, I, these are a little bit yeah, above those. <laughs> I, I love them in a similar way in that I'm forgiving so much of it, and, and especially the plot and character part, which is usually my favorite thing. Uh-huh. I'm forgiving all of that just for some dumb fun. Yeah. The difference is, unlike Paul W. Sanderson, who is a hack and makes garbage, Michael Bay is making garbage awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, no one would have done some of this stuff. Even the sequence, like, um, like where they, they blow up the thing and swing the thing to hit the other thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, even th- I mean, that sequence science, is cool. That's what I trust. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why Buster's in this movie and why he's so fucking terrible. Oh, God. Like, every it, the, scene he's in is the, awful. The whole time I wanted him to say, I'm playing NASA, mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just he's just not good. Like, he's so over the top. He was just um, like, look, I, I, it's a paycheck. I'm right. I may be a fan. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michael and I hung out at a party. He's like, yeah. hey, do you want to be in my next Transformers movie? I got a part for you. Yeah. Um, and there's just random shit like, you know, when then the whole island drifts off and is flying through the air and they're trying to grab the staff thingy. And I have no idea why anything is happening the way it is, but it looks cool. And then there's a time travel. There's a time bubble thingy and that's helpful. Ugh. And Optimus Prime rides a fucking robot dragon. Like there's name me another movie where I can watch a robot ride another robot dragon. It's my movie that's coming out soon called Robot Dragon. <laughs> Um, Starring Bradley yeah. Haig. There's just, I go to this for exactly that level of fun. Mm-hmm. And no one else should. These are bad movies. But well, if, but uh, if you like them. Box office wasn't too happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, world, is, worldwide is one thing, but. Yeah, it'll make shit tons of money. But domestically, like, yeah. it's the beginning of the end for these films. Yeah. Because they're going to do their Bumblebee spinoff. They'll probably do a sixth film. Yeah. But this isn't, this doesn't inspire, like, much like the mummy trying to kick things off. It just doesn't inspire confidence when you see numbers like that. Yeah. And the, the, um, especially for a franchise that's able, been able to pull a hundred million dollars in the first weekend out of their ass multiple times. Yeah. The, uh, the, the only thing I will say that is that I do hope that Michael Bay walks away from it because yeah. I've had my fill of Michael Bay transformers right like it's fun and it's great and i love it but i also love bad boys too and i also love the rock and like because i think he is a genius in his form you know like he's not when i say genius i'm not saying he's the same as steven spielberg i mean for what he's trying to do for that popcorny just fun ass movie Mm -hmm. he's really good at this and i want him to go do some other stuff like i want him to start a different franchise that's like The Rock or that's like Bad Boys. Like. I I kind of like you know it's funny. So like I'm, uh, I I liked I well okay liked is a strong word. I respect Thirteen Hours. Yeah. In terms of how it's shot, how it's executed, because I can't. I mean, going into the whole story of Thirteen Hours is going to be a whole other podcast in and yeah. of itself. When we already made that podcast. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but. I like that regardless of how I feel about the incident he's dramatizing, sure. I really appreciate that he is doing it and doing it his way. Yeah. Pain and Gain is about a very horrible thing, and he turned it into a comedy. Yeah. Um, and uh, The Rock is utterly preposterous, but it makes it make sense. Yeah. Um, Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 are great buddy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I'm not a fan of yeah. the island, but I, it looks pretty. Yeah, it's it is a. The island is is fascinating and very important to the history of film in that, like he he made in a terrible way in that he made product placement like a strategy for bankrolling your film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but uh, anyway, and the, and the action sequences are crazy and cool. Like yeah. that movie is enjoyable to watch. Yeah, but but Transformers Five, like I. I really like. I kind of felt bad for Michael Bay at some point because I was just like, "Well, not bad." Like, I just like yeah. I felt being a director myself. It's just like I, I kind of get the feeling that you really want to, this to be the last one mm-hmm. because you, you just seem tired. Like, it's not a bad <laughs> thing. It really isn't. Like, no. that's the thing. I that, that that was just the only way I could really describe the movie because at the end of the day, like, hey man, like you can do paychecks for so long before you're just like, I'm feeling unfulfilled. Yeah. I just don't feel the way I don't feel about this movie the way that I felt about Sam Mendes and Spectre where like I don't watch this and go like oh yeah you have absolutely no passion for this at this point like no I watch this and go like oh yeah this is what you do like you're you know this is sandbox yeah and interestingly like there's actually a lot of choices he makes that where I thought as a as a uh, connoisseur of Michael Bay like there were times where I thought he was setting up very Michael Bayism shots. Like he, he, he. There's a moment where I thought he was gonna do the like, you know, fighting on two sides of a wall, pan through a small hole in the wall, go around, do the big circle, go around, go back through the hole, like that shot that he's done a couple times. And he, he didn't do that. He did some other cool things that were different. He shot the halo jump differently than he shot the other halo jumps he's done. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff here. And I, I think that looking at it as a sandbox is a really interesting way of, of viewing this movie because it's like you're just watching shit come out of Michael Bay's head and all he needs is a canvas. And in this case, the canvas is a dog shit, makes no fucking sense yeah. c- like script. He can be like, oh, I have an idea. Let me go try it out here where I can get away with it. Yeah. Like no one's going to care. Right. And then if it works, I can use it in 13 hours or whatever. Yeah. That, that's And yeah. it's, it's funny. So... Okay, so it's a movie where like Optimus Prime becomes bad or whatever for some dumb reasons and shit, and then like whatever and whatever, and then he's fighting with Bumblebee, and Bumblebee miraculously fixes his voice and says like, "Well, Optimus Prime, I love you." And I, Martha, so here's here's <laughs> why did you say that name? <laughs> here's the moment where I knew that like I couldn't criticize the script because it was knowingly just being dumb shit. Is that uh, he says he says, Bumblebee, that's the first time I have heard your voice since we were on Optimus Prime Opt- or, uh, Cybertron. on Cybertron together. Except for the end of the first fucking movie, it's actually a big plot point of the end of the first fucking movie. Oh, I, know. I don't know what you're talking. When that like, happened, I was they like, oh, unwrite so the first three films. Anymore, yeah. Does it? <laughs> oh, well, the whole plot re- revolves around them having been on Earth for forever. Which is not true, based on the first five minutes of of the first Transformers. Like you see Shia LaBeouf at one point, but he's in a frame and he's crazy. The whole like Whit- the Witwicky family has become the Witwicken clan of like this weird, crazy thing that is supposed to be a family. Until John Turturro wants to join it, in which case you can basically join it by sending in twenty dollars for your subscription fee over the phone. Uh, like none of it makes any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great. It's great fun. Um, and you know, yeah. By comparison to the other dumb sequels, this is the best one. It's not anywhere near as good as the first movie, though. Like, not even close. Because the first movie has a story. But yeah, anyway. cool. I can't believe we talked that long about. It. I thought for sure this was just gonna be me going like, yeah, it's dumb. I had a great time. 
what are we doing next week? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I bitched about it before I saw the movie. I was like, I can't believe I'm t- paying $10 for this shit because I couldn't get to a, like an early matinee. I'm so glad. And then I left being like, eh, okay. That's why I texted <laughs> I him. I was like, dude, if you guys want to go see something else, like, feel free to. I know where. I was pretty sure I knew where this was going, so I'm glad to, to be proven wrong. You know, at yeah. the end of the day, I like, this was this was my... Because I actually I, I enjoy the fourth one for what it is, and uh, I had more fun. I, it was the first time... Since the series started, that I had fun, um, next to the first one, but even then, like I said, it doesn't matter if I enjoy these films, pa- it, like partially, they're still really messed up. Oh yeah. Um, but the fifth one, walking in, and especially bringing my dad to it, like we walked out, and like it was funny though, we were driving in the car, and I was just like contemplating the dumpster fire that I felt it was, <laughs> and my dad was just like, "Well, I got to hear him say I'm Optimus Prime." <laughs> a lot there and, you go. And, and, I, and I was like and I, and I had a thought it's in my head point. I'm like you know what maybe that's what we've been trying to do for the past 10 years <laughs> <laughs> did they also get Frank Welker back for the last one to do Megatron uh, um, I must be because Hugo Weaving was Megatron for the first two or three yeah I can't remember because I don't think I just watched this last week I don't know that Megatron actually speaks I think just Galvatron speaks, but I'd have to go look at the credits. Gotcha. But yeah. Megatron speaks it's in this one, and you know, I was just like, well, what happened to Hugo Weaving? Yeah. That, <laughs> was, that was an all right is he, scene. Is he doing another Matrix movie? No. Well, Frank Welker if was... you can get the real one, you get the real one. Yeah. Is, is well, Frank doing... Welker was the voice in the show, too, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it should have been there from the beginning. Yeah. But um, they... There was some controversy the, about that in the, when the first movie came out. Yeah, because Peter Cullen was the one that everyone wanted back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew Ryan was going to see this. So I was like, "No, I know. I don't want to see it, but it's well, going to be weird if you two just talk about it." Well, and it's funny because I, I would have been fine if it was just a battle between me and James. It's funny because the fourth one is my least favorite. Um, and now, yeah, the whole sandbox thing. I don't me, understand make, how make, that's the case because we have the second one in existence. Um, well, the second one's just the most racist. The action scenes in the second one are actually pretty good. They're not as good as three, but they're pretty good. Uh-oh. The second one is just super horseshit racist and has maybe the most dumb jokes like, oh, my mom ate a pot brownie and like <laughs> like just weird shit like that. Um, but the uh, – God, that sequence. Oh, my God. The second one's really bad. But the, my problem with the, third, with the fourth one is like the whole final ba- action sequence happens within a car. And that's why I'm thinking about the your whole sandbox idea is like that's a movie where – he traps the main characters in a minivan, and so all of the action takes place out of a car window. And I just hated that final sequence so much that I was like, "This is boring." Like, this is a movie where Optimus Prime rides a dinosaur, not as cool as a dragon, but a dinosaur, and yet it's really boring because all the action is shot from inside a car. Um, so, at least in this one, it's like, "No, nah, man, how about we fucking Halo jump with Osprey?" That's a dumb idea. That makes no fucking sense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, weren't they just on the thing? So if they just <laughs> stayed there, they wouldn't have to do the whole Osprey thing. And, uh, they, like, airlift him down off of it, and then, yeah. like, oh, the plan is to go back up to it. Oh, okay, well, now we got to figure out how to get back up there. Could, couldn't you just land the spaceship on it? Why do you need to jump out of the spaceship with the Osprey? Yeah, I know, right? Right, <laughs> it's so dumb. And even, like, like I love that, that you know, uh, Buster's character the whole time is talking about, like, well, we should use science. And I'm thinking, like, how can you make that argument? You have, in this movie, a planet scrapes the surface of the moon off <laughs> which on its own would would destroy the earth which i thought and they then, destroyed the moon and dark of the moon but maybe i guess i uh, they blew up some sections of it but we're okay <laughs> um it's not and changing then, the tides it just changed the tides a little bit and then that per- that planet collides with the earth which just the gravitational pull itself would have destroyed the earth 
all human beings should be dead. Um, I'm pretty sure all of London is gone now because they they Wait. they land the planet on Stonehenge, so all of England and probably Europe is crushed. So you're saying London has fallen? Fuck. All right, that's the end of the show, guys. All right, we're we're Get done. Out. Uh, next week we're gonna see um, Baby Good Driver. driver. Yeah. Um, some of us have already seen it, which and is cool. We'll be coming to you live from room 504 at That's the right. Denver Convention yeah. Center. Look for the big blue bear. Yeah, make sure you come uh, come see us at Denver Comic Con and just you know come have some fun at Denver Comic Con because it's a pretty good time. Come on, man, um, dude, Denver Comic Con. So we look important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very least, <laughs> we like, want to come back next just, year, guys. <laughs> just come sit down. You know, um, you don't have to listen to us. We'll, we'll bring you free cocoa. Yeah, most <laughs> like most likely if you're listening to this, like you know, plus all those people that come by every year, like the guys who make the the R two D two robots and all the other people we've met over the years, like um, because we don't have a booth, like this is sort of your chance to see us, unless you see us walking around the floor, show floor, um, or if honestly, if there's if you want us to come see you at your booth or whatever, like sh- feel free to shoot us an email. Um, and we will do whatever we can because we like seeing all of our friends every year. So I'm just remembering that line in the South Park movie where he's like, tell them we'll have punch and pie. We won't have oh. any punch and pie. More people will come if they think we have punch and pie. Uh, yes. Uh, at, at our at our, at our our show, there will there will definitely be punch and pie. <laughs> uh, we wish you would tell there were going to be pie and punch. There is none. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, baby driver next week, and we'll see you all then. All right, bye. Cool. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds Podcast is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. The Real Nerds would like to thank the Alamo Drafthouse in Littleton and now open in Sloan's Lake. We also would like to thank Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, especially Andrew. Our music has been brought to you by Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios. And of course, thanks to James's mother, our most loyal listener. Have a nice day.